Hello, mate. Welcome to episode six of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, Cool Blimey, Stoner Crows, I'm Well Cockney. <laughs> you, you, went, you went from Well Camp to Well Cockney. That was well, very I'm good. sort of Camp Cockney, man. Or what is, is, it, <laughs> you, is that Geezer and Shaun of the Dead? You know, when he's like, hello, mate. Oh, That's yeah, what yeah, he yeah. does, isn't it? Old Rafe Spall. <laughs> Rafe before Spall. he was famous and thin. <laughs> Uh, hello, um, Renfrey Deadman's here with me as well. Hello. As as per. As per. Uh, yeah, this is uh, episode six of Riot Act. Um, shout out Musicism, the lads, I should know the drill by now if you've been listening to the podcast from uh, from year zero. Um, we're very happy to be part of Musicism. Go to mm. musicism.net, you can get uh, all of the courses that they do there. For people who want to be singers, they got you sorted. For people who want to be guitarists, they got you sorted. If you want to be a knob twiddler... <laughs> I, I think they should rename it to Knob Twiddler. I wish they would. It's got very carry on already. Oh, no, how, how far are we in? Like a minute in, and we've got carry on. That's oh, very you're good. a minute in. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't need to. It's uh, bawdy, isn't it? I'm being bawdy, Lynn. Enjoy it. Um, musicism.net. That's musicism.net. Sign up for the courses to be a better musician. Um, although not as funny. I'm being funny this week because. Well, we'll tell you in a minute. Anyway, look, it's nine ninety nine for for the courses. But if you put in the code Riot, all in capital letters, at the checkout, uh, you get twenty five percent off all of Ooh. their courses. So shout out those guys, and they're a beautiful, lovely bunch of chaps as well. <laughs> they are, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, emphasis on beautiful. Uh, yeah. So coming up on the show today, we're going to be chatting about the new albums from Pig Destroyer, Atan, and Clutch. Clutch. Lovely, 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 beautiful. Wonderful, perfect clutch. No, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be joined by Mr. Andrew Neil, the mm. heavy metal comedian. Yeah. Uh, talking about his book, talking about his tour, talking about his love of heavy music and taking a, a wry look at the world of heavy metal. And maybe his hatred of Slipknot, possibly. Uh, he yeah, well, like Slipknot, does he? he called Slipknot a uh, my first uh, Fisher Price, my first metal band. <laughs> but I'll, I'll talk about the. I'll talk briefly about the show. I went to see him um, do the DVD recording Wicked. of his uh, his show at the Underworld um, yeah. the other night. So I'll talk about that later on. Cool. Um, go to the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Riot Act Podcast, if you want to help us out financially. Lord knows we need it at the moment, don't we, Renfrey? <laughs> we were just talking yeah. about money before we started the yeah. podcast, weren't we? Yeah, Which my, is... my credit card bill has just come through and I don't know how to pay it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I might have to pay to get a tattoo removed soon. So um, <laughs> uh, we'll have more on that. Uh, yeah, just give us some money, please. Um, and we will give you some shit for it. Honestly, we will. Um, we're going to do the, uh, the album swap. Uh, the, the, I want to... Um, I've decided that I'm, I'm going to rename Album Swap for, I'm going to call it The Trade-Off. Ooh, like very that? nice. Yeah, yeah, I like but, that. Um, we're going to call it on the Patreon page, we're going to call it The Rioteers Review, because if you are, mm. become a patron, you are now a rioteer, yeah. which is well Disney Club. It's like a musketeer, isn't it? Yeah. But more riotous. Mm. Riotous? Yeah. yeah righteous, I think the word is. Uh, uh, well, there, there we go. Well, yeah, I was still, yeah. I'm trying to make it riotous, you know, I'm, I'm a wordsmith, yeah. what can I say? Yeah, if Shakespeare can invent words. I can as well. Yeah, you can, and you, you just have to be fair. I'm, I'm sort of I'm chewing that over in my mind. Um, yeah, so if you if you do do that, as I said, patreon.com forward slash Riot Act Podcast. If you want to put some money in, and we will be doing the Rioters review. Um, Theo Spencer on that motif mm -hmm. actually tweeted us and said, "Not entirely sure about your feelings on hip hop, but I'd like to suggest to both of you to listen to." Uh, 
uh, angles or repent, replenish, repeat by Daniel Sack versus Scroobius Pip for mm. hashtag album swap. Um, he's just signed up for Patreon, so we're, he will be reminding us. Okay, cool. Put a winking, kissing emoji, <laughs> just slightly more flirtatious than uh, I like my online um, chats to be. Hey, but whatever. If, if they're if they're if they're giving us money, they can be as flirtatious as they like, as far as I'm concerned. Well, this is one of the things I was going to say actually, Renfrew, because me and you, and we're sitting down to decide what the kind of uh the breadth of this podcast was going to be one of the things that i mentioned to you a little bit and you were like i'm not sure was kind of electronic music now i was Mm. big into stuff like fortet and Ortecra and apex twin Mm -hmm. i had a little period where i was like massively loved all that stuff i think it was from i think it was from seeing atari teenage riot live at princeton academy which made me go wow this is heavier than anything. Was, uh, was that they were supporting... We're supporting someone. Nine Inch Nails. That's yeah. it, yeah, 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 yeah. And they just had a nervous breakdown. It's pretty yeah. much their last gig. Yeah. Um, it's gone down into folklore. Yeah. Um, in fact, I might now swap my trade-off for what I was going to give you for <gasps> that. Right. Have you ever heard lined that? up. No, I don't think I have. Okay, well, we'll I, we'll, I'll officially... I'll, I'll make the decision as we get to all it. Right, but right. I'll tell you what, if you none, none of you have heard that anyway. But anyway, so hip-hop and electronic music, we kind of oomed and ahed about how much we mm. should go into that. And I feel like I've kind of uh, broken the seal a little bit by picking Depeche Mode last week. Interesting way to put um, it. Yeah, and then <laughs> chatting about potentially doing Uncle in the future as well. Yes, yes. How far down this down this road can do you think we can travel as uh, as somebody as a sort of team that's decided that we want to do mostly kind of quote unquote alternative music and people often they will have their idea that that basically means guitar based in a roundabout way well i'm prepared to go pretty far down it i think the reason when we were initially chatting about this podcast and putting it together i think the reason i um I don't know if I really vetoed electronic music, but I, the reason I wasn't no, no, com- didn't, yeah, yeah, the reason I wasn't comfortable with doing it is because my knowledge of it is nowhere near as extensive right, okay. as all the other genres uh, that we decided to cover in the end. Mm-hmm. But it is undeniable that um, the advances that are being made in mu- modern music generally are mainly in the electronic sphere. Mm. Um, we are, you know, I mean, a band I'm going to be seeing at the beginning of October is three. I mean, I talk about Three Trap Tigers a lot in yeah, terms of yeah. that electronic stuff. I think uh, what those guys are doing is really amazing and pushing the boundaries. And, and that's that really is alternative stuff. I think Three Trap Tigers are a brilliant example of what I would deem a right act band. Mm. Um, stuff and, like Floating, I don't know if you know the band Floating Points. I don't know if it was a guy. Floating Points, who had an album out in 2015 that I listened to a lot, which is I've not heard really, that really weird and really brilliant. Okay. It would be the sort of thing that I would imagine would go down quite well with someone like Arc Tangent. Yeah, 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 quite likely. I mean, I mean, when Three Trap Tigers play Arc Tangent, the tents are always full. Mm. Like, you know, they're one of the most popular bands at that festival. Yeah. And um, we're hoping soon, uh, I think I could probably say this, uh, we're hoping soon to have um, Three Trap Tigers uh, drummer Adam Betts on the podcast at some point. And uh, what he is doing with uh, just drumming, he's literally, I mean, I see him as a kind of mad scientist mm. of, of drumming and music. It, it, it's, it's really incredible. Incredible. I mean, I'll save it for when we have him on, but it's it's uh, really pushing the the art form into something that's totally different, and I think that's very important for us to cover. Um, so yeah, I think we and and you know, there's this whole sort of synth wave thing happening, which I think we need to at, at the very least acknowledge. Yeah, I, I haven't 
fully got on board with it yet. I think you're more on board with it than I am. But I am, yeah. I think it's decent. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I'm not but, like, oh, I love it. I mean, I'm mad big on Perturbator. I'll tell you what, I can't say what it is. I'm doing something for Metal Hammer with Perturbator and I am literally... Oh, I'm so I am so excited about it. Wicked, like it's it, so like fucking. Mer- I love you, Merlin. Um, <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> like for giving me that, it should be so brilliant. I think the Ghost album that came out earlier in the year is great. Yeah, yeah, Ghost is in G O S T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Ghost. Uh, yeah. But what about hip hop? Because you said very early on when we were doing the podcast that hip again. You never really said if spot if you, if you were growing up as part of the Spotify generation, you mm. were like, I think I would have listened to more hip hop, but yeah, you haven't really. So definitely. I again, like I probably checked out on hip hop. Really, I would say, oh, probably about two thousand four. Right. Okay. So it's been so my knowledge of kind of modern hip hop is very very limited. Yeah. I've recently started. Someone turned me on to Brockhampton, who I think are great. Mm. Okay. But apart from that, again, I would say the same. I mean, um, the thing is, is where I grew up, I grew up in a small town called Thornbury near Bristol. And the hip hop that I heard was stuff like, I remember listening to 2001 by Dr. Dre once at a party, listening to the whole album and just think it was the most diabolically shit thing I've ever heard in my life. Fucking hell. <laughs> I thought it was terrible. Have a word of yourself. No, it's dreadful. It's just oh, skit okay. after skit after skit. It's rubbish. That is mental. Really? That is, that is. I like, hated it. I, I mean, okay. Right, maybe you don't. Um, have maybe I don't. But <laughs> but having said that, since then, you know, um, so I think that had a massive effect on me. Just like going, okay, I don't like hip hop. Mm. And then, um, embarrassingly, actually, it was only oh, it's probably about ten years ago now. But I basically discovered Chuck D and Public Enemy. Yeah, and I went, oh hip hop can be so much more than what I thought it was. But I feel like that um, hip hop isn't always it doesn't feel like it is being aimed at me Do you no, know what i mean as as a you know white relatively privileged you know in the grand scheme of the world guy i don't often feel like i can relate to it and that's how i felt mm. growing up mm. because all the hip-hop that i listened to was just referring to stuff that didn't yeah. didn't resonate with me. I, I have learned a... that hip hop encompasses so many more things than yeah. that. But because I didn't learn that at an early age, I never really jumped in. It's on funny, them. like that as a point, mm. I have to say. Um, like I was, I was thinking this the other day because I was watching old um, fucking Post Malone, the you know the Dido of of, of modern hip hop. As far <laughs> as like, mate, honestly, if if Chuck D and Public Enemy are like Joy Division. Yeah. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. Post Malone is Travis. Right. Like, okay. As far as I can hear. And then I've someone still, went, I've well, still not, I've still not heard Post Malone. It's just a bloke, like, sort of eating Rice Krispies through a straw while, while some fucking bit of sort of mo- moaning to himself. It, it, it's rubbish. It's sounds, middle of the, it's middle of the road, it's middle of the road shit. Is what it is. <laughs> okay. It's really, okay. like I say, it, it reminds me of, like, hip hop now is so big that, of yeah. course, mainstream shite is gonna fucking ruin yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, yeah. and it's crap, it's fucking crap. I don't, you know, if it makes me, people, like, if it makes me sound old, I mean, I'd, I'd think that whole thing of like, wow, you you are this, so you don't understand it. Well, I'm not, a, um, I'm not a Jamaican in the 1970s, but I still understand Bob Marley. Sure, 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 sure. And I'm sure, not sure, sure. a fucking, 
hippie in the 1960s but i still understand the doors like, sure. I, I don't think that 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 to me is not you know you're old you don't no that's not an excuse i'm afraid that's not an excuse like that's that's a, an absolute cop-out when people say shit like that and i think i am perfectly capable of understanding like i say that i haven't listened to hip-hop like i i sort of in the last year or so i've i've gone right back and listened to grime from sort of 2008 2009 2010 i don't really like it i haven't really liked anything i've heard recently and i have to say look i've just googled it distraction pieces by scroobius pip which came out in 2011 yeah that is a fucking brilliant record that is a brilliant mm. record. that is one of the few sort of hip-hop albums that i do remember getting again like you I mean you know he's a white guy from essex so yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe totally. i do yeah. get that more but i feel like you know when i listen to to jurassic five or if i listen to Ju- dilated peoples or the far side or you know all the stuff that i really like because i always yeah. liked that more than i liked wu-tang clan yes, I, I love exactly. wu-tang clan and i even the like super angry hip-hop like um I never really got that much into Tupac or Nas. I, mm. got, I have massively got into Nas, and I think okay. obviously like Notorious B.I.G. I think is probably my favourite. Oh right, ever, okay, okay, uh, rapper. Um, yeah, he's amazing. Um, but, but, yeah, I think you know. It, I, I wonder if it's that feels because... like a lot. Of, there's got a lot of crossover, whereas a lot of hip hop now doesn't feel like it's got massive crossover with rock music. I don't know why. No, it. sure, yeah, you can imagine. I mean, I could imagine Buster Rhymes like being in an incredible, like incredible, like new metal band at the, you know at that yeah. time that he was doing that sort of thing. I remember like listening to a Buster Rhymes record when I was younger and just thinking, wow, this is actually mm. really amazing. Mm. I think in terms of just going back a little bit to the in terms of like um, uh, feeling like it's music that you can relate to i i understand your point read bob marley and the doors and stuff but i feel like hip-hop so if you look at the history of music and 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 this is just my take on it bearing in mind that i'm fully admitting that i don't know loads about hip-hop so but i think you know um rock and roll music came from uh, black people because of blues and stuff like that and then it was appropriated by Elvis Presley because he was white and he could shake mm-hmm. his hips and I think when hip-hop came along I think there was such a desire amongst a lot of hip-hop artists to keep it black maybe and I, I mean you know neither of us are experts in this not being black but you know I wonder if a lot of hip-hop not all of it but a lot of hip-hop is so centered around sort of black culture and black lifestyles and stuff like that that growing up the stuff that i listened to i didn't feel like there was a way in for me Mm. um and that was probably just down to because i most i feel that that that's the case with most what i would term commercial hip-hop you know i just i just don't feel like i can relate to it at all because it it doesn't feel like they're talking about my experiences in any way shape or form Mm. you know i grew up in a relatively nice historical market town (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know i mean it was boring it's like it's funny you say that because that's how i felt about motley Crue. oh right 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 right. and bands like that yeah yeah yeah. i was like this says nothing to me at all Mm. and i at least you know i used to listen to i think i i remember seeing ice tea on the chart show okay and being like, and actually, do you know what? I had Funky Cold Medina by Tone Loke on seven inch when I was at primary school. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> real recognize real. So, 
Um, so I always, I always really liked the kind of the sound and the approach of rap music, like loads. And I, I remember seeing Ice T and just being like, "That guy's fucking cool." And mm. I must have been mm. about eleven or twelve, mm. seeing on the chart show and being like, "That's fucking brilliant." And I kind of liked rap music before I liked hard rock music. I think I was really into, right, okay. I was really into sort of madness and U two mm. and kind of crappy like i don't know um crappy kind of 80s rock bands i like stuff like simple minds <laughs> oh right I mean? yeah yeah so i like that but then i also like that's the tattoo of, you want to get removed right yeah right yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. um uh, no it's a big country tattoo that I've got. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah um and uh yeah so you know i kind of i really i really really like that stuff so yeah and anyway this is a long way around saying i mm. think we should probably allow ourselves to, to go into that i'm going to start thinking of a few records that i can give you on the trade-off yeah well, in, in the world of hip-hop it doesn't necessarily mean we'll start reviewing i mean i have really got nothing to say about a lot of those no neither do i and and ev- six nine and and everything and everything i am post saying Limone? post post what sorry. post malone i said post limone oh well that would be a good uh, yeah. end of review wouldn't it um like I say, almost everything I'm saying about hip hop comes from a place of total ignorance. So if people feel like I'm uh, totally off the mark or wrong, then please let me know because I'd mm. rather be educated on this than than not. But um, uh, yeah, it's it's that that's just that's been my feeling with it growing up. I think so. Although it's interesting, um, I have actually seen Dan Lasack live uh, twice. Actually, I saw him at Two Thousand Trees and I saw him at. Wembley Arena supporting Frank Turner. Wow. And I really enjoyed it. Really mm. enjoyed it. Um, I didn't check out the records as a result, <laughs> but I enjoyed the show and I enjoyed the energy. And I think he's a great, like, great lyricist. Yeah, he's I think excellent. he's awesome. Scroobius yeah. Pip is the... Scroobius Pip, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lyricist, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, well, I hope that's answered your question. If I can even remember what the question was. <laughs> uh, okay, so a little bit of news. As we sit here at the moment recording this, Idols who last week I absolutely raved about mm. um, their their album, uh, Joys and Acts of Resistance. I think it's fucking brilliant. It's number two in the charts as we speak. The only thing that's keeping it off the top spot is Eminem's album, his, his shock drop album. Apparently that Eminem album's atrocious though, isn't it? I've heard mixed reviews. Like, I listened to half of it and um, I wasn't mad keen on it, but okay. I know a few people who love it. Okay, okay. Um, that's insane. I'm, I'm going to throw my hands up here and admit yet again I still haven't had an opportunity to check out the Idols record. Ah, you because fucking idiot. I've been sunning myself in Lanzarote, mate. Oh, of course uh, you have. So, um, I didn't even ask uh, you how that was. How was that? Uh, it, was, it was nice. Uh, okay, did a cool. speech that's at a wedding. That's just just the headline. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice. It was nice. Um, uh, but just the way that you were describing it last week... It doesn't sound like it's. It sounds like a, um, a a difficult record, you know. Really, really difficult record. So the thought that that's number two. So that's number two in the that's charts. That's number two. That's amazing. That's Eminem. And how has that? How has that happened? Are they on a major? They can't be on a major, are they? I don't think they are on a major. What are they on then? I, I think it's. Uh, I feel like it's, you know it's weird because the enemy have picked up on them. Oh, and right. the enemy should be picking up on them. Right, okay. And the enemy haven't really picked up on a, a guitar band for a long time, mm. other than maybe like Slaves. 
I know Sleaford yeah. Mods have been mugging off idols yeah. like, on Twitter today. Which oh, really? Feels a little bit. What did they say? Uh, it's they're kind of subtweeting. Like you've copied us. Um, we'll be reviewing the Sleaford Mods album next week, so you can be able to see what <laughs> what we think about that. Uh, yeah, you know, I think it's an amazing, amazing. Like I knew they were there. I knew there was a lot of kind of excitement around them, mm. but the idea that they're number two. I mean, I don't think they're going to end up. I mean, this is the midweeks. This is you know the midweek charts. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I I would be surprised if they finish yeah. in. Uh, in that position but I mean if they get in the top 10 if yeah that's still that's um, a major major yeah. result isn't it yeah, yeah. really that's really incredible. and I think you know they were on ITV and um, they, they, I saw a little piece of them on ITV the enemy had picked up on them I think you know they they, they played the earache stage at Boomtown so they're very very definitely like wow, okay. you know a part of world. punk rock um, and I just think it's great I think it's really good like that's exciting to me right I'm, I'm absolutely okay absolute promise I'm gonna absolutely go in on that and yeah, I will will give my solid opinion next yeah, week yeah it's really good not a proper really, review really but uh, yeah uh, so that's good news bad news is as a trade off mm. it's probably worse news than oh, yeah. the, the, the good news is good um, Arcane Roots have split up mm. uh, We you were talking about Arcane Roots very highly uh, at the Art Town Gen yeah. you, you um, love them a lot I have to be honest I they kind of were always a band who were flittering around for me until I heard Melancholy Hymns mm. which if that's the album that they sign off on it's a fucking great album to sign off on brilliant brilliant records um, they're releasing an EP and they've got an EP coming out mm. yeah um, uh, this is absolutely tragic as far as I'm concerned um, I think Arcane Roots started out as a pretty amazing band and we're just getting better and better and better i actually um went back and counted up how many times i've seen arcane roots over the years i've seen them 19 times um over i don't know uh six years or so and uh they were just that arc tangent show that i saw was probably one of the best times i've ever seen them uh, they played Heaven earlier this year, which is one of the best gigs I've been to this year. Um, and they were just constantly, you know, when they first came out, they were constantly compared to like early Biffy Clyro style stuff, which was, you know, fair to an extent. But but what they have done since then, trying to move further away from that, bringing in sort of electronica influences and Seager Rose influences and stuff like this. They're artists, they're proper artists, you know. There was four years between their debut album, Blood and Chemistry, and uh, Melancholia Hymns. And, and who who takes four years between first and second record? Artists do. People who genuinely fucking care about the music. But the problem is, in this society of like wanting more immediately, as soon as possible, is no one's patient enough to wait for that sort of shit. And it's fucking annoying because good art takes time. Um, and uh, I'm just fucking livid, actually, that they never got the support that they deserved. Um, I mean, in my opinion, a band we wang on about all the time, Black Peaks, right? Yeah. One of the best bands in the UK, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love Black Peaks. Uh, I would say Arcane Roots are on a par with Black Peaks. In fact, I probably slightly prefer Arcane Roots. Like, wow. we are talking about one of the best british bands one of the best bands one of the best new bands of the last 10 years full stop as far as i'm concerned and um 
you know, like the press just brushed them off a lot. You know, it wasn't until Melancholia Hymns, it, it wasn't until I think Sony signing them probably made people go, oh, I suppose we need to pay attention to this. But like, mm. they were brilliant from the start, from the very get go. Um, and I don't know the, I, I do know the guys, I don't know the reasons. <clears throat> um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 well, I probably wouldn't share them even if I did. But um, I think it's absolutely tragic. And I'm sure that I know that they've had it hard. I know that it's been tough for them and they're incredibly ambitious, like ridiculously so. And uh, it, it felt like they were just about to break through as well. That's the really this irritating is, thing. This is the odd thing. It's been a few of these, isn't there? Heck. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. obviously, Heck were Baby Godzilla, and there was a whole shitload of hype behind them. Yeah, and then they became they Heck, had and hard. everyone sort of ignored it. And then they brought yeah. out this fucking amazing, album. incredible record, and then they were gone. Um, Let Live are the obvious, obvious yeah. ones. Yeah. Um, potentially, Oath, we don't know what's going on with Oathbreaker, but that's a similar mm. sort of story. Yep. You can kind of add Arcane Roots to that list. Um, I think there are a, a lot of those bands. I mean, particularly when you look at Heck and when you, when you think of the case of Arcane Roots, I think you're looking at a band whose debut album came out in 2013, you're saying, right? Uh, when was Blood and Chemistry? It yes, was it was 2013. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much the worst time to be a guitar band. Yeah, in, yeah true. Well, I would say in my lifetime. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. Between kind of 2012 and 2014, mm. I mean, it was an absolute quagmire. Mm. Mm. of you know when people were celebrating that Yumi at six got a number one record yeah I mean that's <laughs> fucking I'm gonna jump off the shard if that happens again that's yeah, like, yeah yeah it's yeah, not, yeah yeah you shouldn't be celebrating that that's mm. bad mm. um yeah and yeah I think you know it might have just taken a little bit longer I think you know there was a good response to Melancholia hymns and it felt like I mean they they were the opening band's when Five Finger Death Punch did Wembley the first time. They were yes, the opening band. I remember them getting onto that. Yeah. I mean, what a weird booking. Yeah, yeah. Um, from what I recall, I believe a band pulled out and that's how they got that from from memory. They, they were below some... As Lions. Oh, really? Which oh, is Jesus Christ. fucking bewildering. They were quite lucky to get um, some good uh, support slots over the years. They supported, I remember seeing them at, with Jimmy Eat World at the Forum. Uh, they did uh, Enter Shikari at Ali Pali the first yeah, time. Yeah, Shikari feels like a good shout for them. Yeah, more so. But I think the thing with Arcane Roots is, you know, bar that initial Biffy Clyro imp- uh, uh, comparison, which actually you know morphed into they, they morphed into something completely different anyway you it, it's really difficult to put that band into a box and i think i mean we've we've discussed privately that we want to shout out about we want to shout about bands that are difficult to put into a box because that's the most exciting music as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. um but when it comes to uh writing about music and selling music you know, people, music that can be boxed in and genreified and all that kind of thing is the most interesting and easy stuff to sell yeah. for for labels or for magazines or blogs or whatever. You know, and uh, it's it's a real tragedy because that's that's the music that's least interesting. I mean, Spotify at the moment are are um, tightening up their genre rules, so you have to fit into certain genre categories, and it's like. 
I, I don't know what if you if you consider Arcane Roots entire discography, I don't know what you would call them. Yeah, like I could I could genreify them album by album, but I couldn't do it across their entire discography. It's too broad, yeah. and they're about to release this EP. They're about to release next week, which hopefully we'll talk about next week. It's pure electronica, basically, mm. like even more so than Melancholia hymns, and. They, they just this just you know it's true artistry and that's what we should be celebrating and that's what is suffering at the moment and you know with all those bands that you mentioned it fucking sucks yeah it's a bit of a shitter i have to say so <laughs> yeah. r.i.p arcane roots um and we'll talk about the ep uh next week next week yeah um it's funny you talk about that because the trade-off as mm. i've renamed just renamed it today <laughs> um I think is relevant to what you're saying about bands uh, being their own thing because we'll do that one second actually you gave me Young Modern by Silverchair last week and I gave you the self-titled album by Beats the Hell Out of Me now yep. just as a little reminder for y'all um, <laughs> alright it's Fred Durst it's funny <laughs> yeah that was a bit of Fred Durst on there um, I'd never heard of this band when I gave them to you someone mm. basically flagged them up and went you know Ross Robinson produced this band after the first Corn album and I went, no. And it's called Rolling Thunder Music, straight after he did the first Corn album, by this band, Beats the Hell Out of Me. And I went, oh, oh. And mm. I couldn't find the album anywhere. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'm interested in this band now. Yeah. So I gave you the self-titled uh, debut album by them from like 1994. Yes, February, sec- February 22nd, 1994 is when it came out. So, um, I mean, this is new to me as much as it is to you, to be perfectly yes, honest. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but, it, but it's your album that I gave you. So what are you saying? Um, it is, I, I, I really like it. <laughs> I good, really it? like it. Um, and yes, in terms of not being able to put bands into a box, this is a perfect example. Uh, the bands that I listed as I was listening to it, I heard bits of Quicksand. Loads I, of quicksand. I heard bits of Fugazi. Yeah, bit of Fugazi. I heard bits of Life of Agony. Yeah, a little bit of that. <laughs> and um, they actually remind me of this band that I think you're aware of, a Brighton band called Broker. Yeah. A, a more modern band. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like that band. I mean, Broker are a perfect, another perfect example of a band that you can't put into a category, I think. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, I mean, really, really interesting band beats the hell out of me. I don't know exactly how to describe them, though. Helmet with Henry Rollins on vocals? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you said Henry Rollins, because I was thinking, like, like, this guy is Henry Rollins. It's like, got, like... It's for me. I listen to it, and I think you will have to be of a certain age to really appreciate this. I think, yeah, because quite it, likely. It sounds yeah. really nineties. Yeah, it does, and it sounds it really like early to mid nineties. The production is nineties as fuck. Yeah, yeah the production is yeah. nineties as fuck, and that's why I would be interested to see what Robis- Ross, what Ross Robinson did with them. Mm. I'm genuinely considering ordering the CD off Amazon because you can get the CD for like eight seven eight quid or something like that so i might oh, okay. actually buy the ross robinson producer oh, because be i really want to wanna, yeah, yeah, i really yeah. want to hear what ross robinson does with this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is, that was their third album i believe yes. the one rolling thunder yes. music so this is the the debut record i just picked it because you know we picked something i'm under the impression this is their second album actually oh right okay. although it is it is freaking hard i mean it's really hard finding any details out about this band yeah i know that they're from texas and they sound like they've got that kind of like you say quick sound is great and helmet particularly i think because it's a lot more prong as well yeah like all of those bands if you think of all of those bands that were kind of alt metal yeah 
in the in the in the in the sort of the the ninety three to ninety five. Yeah, that period. incredibly broad umbrella of old metal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 which yeah. is basically a genre where you go, oh, we don't know where to put this. Mm. Let's just put it in alt metal. Yeah, and so they they got that kind of alt metal sound and the kind of riffola. Mm-hmm. I think there was someone saying they were like a stoner band, so people were comparing them to like. Caius and stuff to me there's nothing to do with Caius I would be I I would freak out if I was smoking a joint and listening to this record yeah because it's (laughs) so so fucking angry (laughs) yeah really angry dude I mean the Rollins comparison he sounds a bit like Rollins in terms of his actual cadence yeah 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 his tone and his like but for me where the Rollins comes in is when he's just like just so angry you can see why this appeal to ross robinson especially straight after doing corn yeah um you can see like it doesn't you know this particular record that we're talking about wasn't produced by ross robinson but and it doesn't sound like a ross robinson e record i mean we'll you know we'll find out if the third one does um but uh you can see why he was interested in taking them on and producing them but it actually sounds more like latter-day ross it has more in common i should say because i don't think it sounds like latter-day ross robinson produced stuff but it has, i think it has more in common with the latter-day stuff than the ross robinson stuff that he's known you, for when you say the latter-day you're talking kind of can- like, what he's done with cancer bats recently and what he did with red fan i'm actually thinking more um uh sort of 2003 2004 so maybe blood brothers and um i mean i hear some glass jaw in it certainly in the anger um yeah i mean i i uh, not really for me. No, neither of those bands. Really? No. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I think what you were saying about latter day production, mm. Ross Robinson's almost gone into his own little um, uh, Steve Albini phase. Oh yeah, recently, very much where so, he just yeah. goes record live yeah, everything yeah, yeah, like yeah, no yeah. fucking nothing on you know if you listen to the way that that suicide silence album sounds yeah. the one that everyone fucking hated um if you listen to like i say the red if you listen to any other red fang album and then listen to like the the, yeah. the album he did with red fangs fucking awesome yeah. but if you listen to that like it's certainly gruffer yeah and the cancer bats album like i know souls at zero people still go it's not very good and da, da, da. you know i happen to really like it and when people say well i bet you don't listen to it i do, I do <laughs> still listen to it and i do still want to hear like arsenic in the year of the snake and satellites and you know all those songs and i still want to hear them in the live set so i'm sorry i i, <laughs> I yes i i think i think yeah my my issue with that record was the production funnily enough but then i think yeah. the songs are good but it was the production for me. Yeah, I didn't but, mind that. But anyway, yeah. but that's what Ross Robinson's doing. Yeah, yeah that's I think what he's doing like, now. There's yeah. a very kind of just this feels loose as fuck. Like all of those bands tended to have a real kind of like loose, like thick production. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good records. It's really good. It's really really interesting. I mean, I managed to find. Um, so I managed to. I was trying to find any information whatsoever that I could about this band, and it is really, really, really difficult. But um, I managed to find a bio on Last FM. When all else fails, go oh, to yeah. Last FM. <laughs> um, and I mean, I feel like the bio might have been written by if not the band, then maybe one of the band's mums, because uh, it basically goes on about how they're the best band of all time. But there's some really interesting things about the vocalist. Um, his name's Mike Pistrui, I'm going with. Uh, P-I-S-T-R-U-I. 
And he's described as a superhuman antenna, hypersensitive to his tonal ecosystem. <laughs> They're taking like... it, that's 90s old bands <laughs> taking the piss out yeah, of exactly. bios, isn't it, surely? But it says, I mean, I would have loved to see them live because it says here uh, that he would lose himself in music like a method actor gone freak. Not gone mad, gone freak. Well, you can say that now. That would be, you know, you get hashtag, yeah, you would, you get yeah, hashtag yeah, yeah. cancelled for saying you're a freak. <laughs> Can't say that these days. So anyway, let's leave that where it belongs in the, in the 90s. So anyway, that was uh, Beats the Hell Out of Me, self-titled album. And you gave me Young Modern by Silverchair. Now, when I was saying about bands not fitting into a, a certain thing, I wasn't really referring to Beats the Hell Out of Me. Oh, sorry. I was right, more okay. referring to Silverchair. Right, right, right. Because yeah, you fair. gave me this and it was like, I had a quick look at it because I'd never listened to it. Like I was a... I was sort of a fan of Frog Stomp when it came out. It took me a few years and I was sort of a fan of Freak Show when it came out. Um, I think I had, uh, for my youthful age, had quite a lot of the cynicism um, that's now <laughs> become my trademark staple these days. So they were considered like a second generation grunge yeah, act. Yeah. Grunge I mean, genre. I think uh, third at that point, which is mental. To think, uh, you know, when, it, when was Frog Stomp? 95? 95, yeah. But then yeah, I, I think people said Stone Temple Pilots were like second generation. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots got a load of fucking shit they from did. like yes. Mud Honey and Tad fans back in the day. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. when it got to like Everclear and Bush and Silverchair, and then particularly when it got to stuff like Days of the New and Creed and Stained and all yeah. that lot a few years, yeah. and Puddle of Mud a few years later, like, mm. you know, the fucking knives are really out. And I think Silverchair, I've kind of fallen in between the cracks where these days I think proper old school people would be like, nah. And the people who just hate Creed, like, I mean, fucking hell, mm. you can't, it's hard to hate Silverchair when you, you've got fucking Nickelback. Yeah, surely. But this it was a rare one because it was kind of the Reformation comeback album, wasn't it? So they yeah, went sorts. on a hiatus of sorts mm. uh, after Diorama and came back. And usually when a band does that, you, I've been you, saying for years, you kind of go, we'll just do the thing that everyone knows yeah. us for and that will be that. You attempt, kind to, of, you attempt to write a best of. of yeah, your you kind of dip your toe back in and go, yeah. hey, remember us guys? Yeah. Whereas this actually is one of the rare occasions where it does feel like a continuation of their career. Um it's funny because you were like, it's very, very different. I feel like having listened to it and having listened to their back catalogue, I kind of feel like I would have seen this coming. Really? Because, I mean, you know, when you, you wouldn't have seen it coming in the Frog Stomp days. Absolutely like, not. Like, not a chance. No. But even on a song like The Door on mm-hmm. Freak Show, yeah, there, there's, there's a grandeur to it mm-hmm. that is not... Um, just typical like grunge fare you know it's mm. got that kind of eastern tinged mm-hmm. guitar parts to it and when you get to sort of Anna's song and emotion sickness mm-hmm. on um neon, neon ballroom, ballroom then really that to me they're they're almost sort of two different silver chairs like yeah. the after freak show it's like the old silver chair was gone and this you know there's kind of grungy kids playing this sort of like metalled up uh hybrid of pearl jam and mm. nirvana basically turned into i mean i remember seeing them at reading and daniel johns was wearing a sparkly silver like jumpsuit and Mm -hmm. had like his hair with glitter in it and he Mm -hmm. was like this kind of androgynous um pixie character yeah and it was all very you know kind of it started to befit the size of the band that they were yeah so i feel like 
had I have paid more attention to Silverchair continually throughout their career, I don't think this would have sort of sideswiped me as much as maybe you thought it would have done. It, it, it's when it came out, it sideswiped me. Did it? Big style. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And I was one of the few people... Well, no, not one of the few people. I mean, a, a Diorama was really um, quite savaged when it was released. I think yeah, it, was, uh, yeah. it got two Ks in Kerrang, which is uh-huh. so absurd. I mean, listen to Diorama and the invention that's going on on that record. It's a record just recorded with a symphony orchestra. It's fucking amazing. Um, but then I think, yeah, this must have come four or five years later. And initially it was so different... Uh, I really didn't like it at all. Right. Um, and they came over and they played Brixton and, and Silverchair were very renowned for like playing primarily new material when they came over. And I was so not into the record at the time that I didn't go to see them. And that's probably one of the biggest regrets of my life now because I think this record, it's probably my second favourite Silverchair record. After? Neon Ballroom. Yeah, I would say that's the best one. Um, and... Uh, it's i think the reason why it surprised me so much i consider this a musical basically not to put people off but it's <laughs> like a major key musical oh my god loads i mean they yeah. clearly daniel johns used to talk about the beatles a lot yeah yeah and he yeah. clearly loves and i read one of the reviews that was saying it's kind of like an um an alt rock sergeant peppers and it compared it to totally. sergeant peppers a lot that's a great show, and actually. i think you know i was like yeah i can definitely hear that um you know like across the world it's yeah, pure yeah, kind of yeah. Beatles, like yeah. bump, 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 that. I'm not going to do it, but anyway. <laughs> but it's really great. Like it's a genuinely like a return to album that is genuinely great, which is a continuation of the thing that they kind of always said that they wanted to be. Yeah, I think this album's wicked. I mean, I was I was quite shocked by some of it when I go when I think of like you know because I do tend if I listen to Silverchair to listen to Frog Stomp because it was the first one mm-hmm. that I listened to. I do tend to go for that quite a lot. Um, Just to quickly interject there, if no one's heard Silverchair. Uh, have a little little listen to Israel's Son or Tomorrow from Frog Stomp yeah. and then take a moment and uh, reflect on the fact that they were 15 I know Pure Massacre fucking hell yeah. they were, they were 15 they were, so, so even if you do think it's like Nirvana ripoff or Grunge Light or whatever yeah. what were, were you doing when yeah, you were 15 exactly they were 15 years old when that record came out so yeah. they were 19 when Neon Ballroom came out uh, which is that a fucking is masterpiece fucking yeah so um, sorry carry on yeah I mean I, I was shocked but not massively so and I always thought that you know like that massive epic melancholic stadium sized huge choruses and like full big band thing is that somewhere i thought they they may go i tell you what do, do, I, do you think this is melancholic though because i think this is a really happy uh, okay lyrically it's melancholic but uh musically uh, take like a song sweet as fuck yeah like take a song like low yeah like he's saying that he's really really low and down but he's singing it in a really jaunty happy manner and yeah. that's what i fucking loved about this well, album I, I, I listened to a song a song like the, the man that knew too much is loads yes. of ba- loads of bowie on that yeah, yeah yeah um and even prince like bits oh, of it yeah. kind of reminded me of prince and you know i know it got compared to Sarge, i just compared it to sergeant peppers but there's that's you know like I think that's a, a fair comparison with mm. all three of those artists are off, maybe not Prince so much, but like certainly Bowie and the Beatles, they sugarcoat that yeah. medicine yeah. like with, yeah, yeah, with yeah. those things. So I think, yeah, it's kind of melancholy. It's a record that if you were listening to it cursorily, cursorily, inventing words me, mm. uh, if it was in the background, you might be like, oh, this is a really happy, great, go lucky pop album. Yeah. And then you listen to the lyrics, it's like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. He's a troubled you know. guy, Daniel Johns. I looked at what he's yeah, doing now very. and he's a... Uh, He's a troubled guy. It's pretty. It's yeah. actually pretty sad to see. Yeah. Um, 
I wondered after listening to this, do you know what it hit me? Because it's funny you say that about their 15 when Frogstomp came out and everyone was like, you like they got some real shit. They really some did. Absolutely d- like dogs abuse yeah. when they were when they were 15 year old kids. Yeah. Um, do you think those people who just called them teeny Nirvana, like wannabes ever backtracked or apologised for any of that when you hear a song like Emotion Sickness or, you know, any of the songs on this record? No, of course do you think any didn't. of those people, like, you know, we... <laughs> As much as I love Alice in Chains, and I do love Alice in Chains, as much as I love Soundgarden, and I do love Soundgarden, uh, their new material was just them plodding along. You know, like Rainier Fog, which we reviewed last week, mm. which is a good record, and I've I've mm. actually listened to it a couple of times since, and I like it. Yeah, not as much as I like the majority of their back catalogue, mm. mm. but I still think they're good songs. But they're good songs that sound like Alice in Chains songs, mm. basically. Mm. Whereas Silverchair this does not sound like and, and it, it's very very ironic to me that the band a band like Silverjet who were like destroyed in the press yep and were completely belittled as kids at school yes for just trying to be like you know ultimately what was the biggest influence in for, music full stop for in the being, world at that point at, at Frogstomp time for being a really good Nirvana copycat yeah for being a really good at and that like, point oh, you fucking like yeah. people literally like I hope they fucking die all this yeah. shit yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know when they were kids so then you fast forward 12 years to I, this record and does anyone ever go oh yeah we got it pretty wrong about Silverchair never no never never and and I think they're kind of you know, often sort of laughed at and mocked and stuff like this but so you know again we were talking about artists earlier Daniel Johns is a fucking artist. How the fuck have, you know, again, man, I love Soundgarden and I love Alice in Chains, but it's, it, this is the attitude that that really pisses me off, that they are, because of how great those first few records are and because of when they came out, mm. they're allowed to just kind of basically plod along. Like, mm. I'm not saying Alice in Chains are plodding along. I, I, like, I, I, I'm not I, saying they are. Obviously, Black Gives Way to Blue is an incredible record. Yeah. But it does just sound like Alice in Chains. I, I think um, I think that's a bit harsh with Soundgarden, because if you go ultra mega okay to super unknown even, they, are, they yeah, sound of like course. a different yeah, it band. Is. Well, what I'm thinking more of from super unknown onward. I think down, I love Down okay. on the Upside, but the it's upside, still yeah. more, more of the stuff in it. Like, Blood like the Outside World is just going, Will Wright black hole sun again and then king animal king animals pretty but pretty bad i i i i don't like king animal anywhere near as much as super animal or down on the upside but i I actually think it's okay that record but um i don't like it at all um i uh, i think that's a little harsh but yeah fine but what what, on, on down on the upside yeah, I think. How I, is that stylistically any different from like? I'm not telling in terms of how good the songs are, mm. but save for you know a little bit of mandolin on Ty Cobb. I was going to say, well, yeah. What, what's the song? What's the equivalent on Ty? I mean, maybe Ty Cobb and Kickstand, but Ty Cobb's a better version of Kickstand. Yeah, I reckon. But, but again, like I, I think Ty Cobb is the one where you go, oh, they didn't really do this on the last one. Pretty um, noose. Yeah, maybe. Um, but. Rhinosaur? Well, no, pretty pretty noose is. How is that? That sounds like a Soundgarden song. Mm, okay, well, yeah, mm, uh, yeah, mm, I don't know. 
This feels like for another day. <laughs> okay. But anyway, but it certainly sounds more like a Soundgarden song than any of this sounds like anything from yes. Soundgarden. Okay, okay. Fair point. Fair point. So yeah, really good. Anyway, um, that was uh, quite a long, almost rather heated <laughs> trade-off for this week. Uh, Renfrey, what are you going to give me for next week? Well, based on the fact, the tragic, tragic, tragic news, uh, I'm you're familiar with uh, Melancholia Hymns by Arcane Roots. But I am indeed. N- none of their other work, as far as I can No, aware. not really. I think I've heard a couple of songs, but that's okay. about it, really. In that case, I'm going to give you their debut album, Blood and Chemistry. All right, good. Um, <laughs> you sounded very enthusiastic. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. That, those are the sort of albums that you give me. Um, <laughs> what good ones? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so I'm going to give you. I don't know if you've heard if you know this band, um, but I'm going to give you uh, a band who I listened to today, and I was like, oh my fucking god, I love this band so much. Girls Against Boys. Oh, I love Girls Against Boys. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you their best their best album yeah it's their best album I'm going to give you um, you can't fight what you can't see okay I've not heard that one so we'll, we'll report back next week Girls Against Boys and Arcane Roots nice let's do some reviews innit yeah before innit. we crack on um, so Clutch is the only place where we could start yeah Clutch's album is called Book of Bad Decisions a dozen records down the line yeah. We are now for Clutch. Yeah. Um, have Clutch made a bad record yet? I'd say they've made a few not amazing ones, if I was being super duper harsh, but but a bad record? I think not Clutch, a chance. I, mm, I think Clutch have made one bad record. Which is? Jam Room. I, 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 there are, there are, the songs that are good on Jam Room are great, but it's too wanky for me. It's only about bloody 25 minutes long. Uh, yeah. Half an hour long. It, 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 There's about four fucking rages on it. Hey, 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 mama. <laughs> that's that. a very good Fallon. Um, I, I, well, sorry, that's how I feel. Okay. But Jam, Jam Room is the only, the only record that I would say is, is a, bad record okay clutch well in my opinion you're wrong um (laughs) they have dipped a little and then risen a little in terms of quality over the last decade or so i think i think happens to the best of us yep um kind of after robot hive exodus which is great uh i wasn't as keen on bill street and then strange cousins is probably that's my least favorite strange cousin from the west okay my least favorite but i i I quite like it but i understand why people say yeah yeah but then earth rocker was great and psychic warfare Mm. might just be the silver in their catalog to blast tyrants gold wow reflection for me it's earth rocker but yeah fair play i think psychic warfare is massively stepping up i like psychic warfare a lot it's fucking awesome. Ah, it's all about, oh, we should have a big clutch off one day. Should we, do, really. We clearly both love them, but have very different opinions. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, for me, yeah. Psychic Warfare might get the silver medal. Yeah, um, fair play. But can they top those two? Between the two of us, we're saying that the last couple of albums um, have been proper, like, excellent. Yeah, very high standard. Very, very high standard. Can they top it on Book of Bad Decisions, Rimfree? No, <laughs> I not don't quite. think, not quite. But what I admire about this is I don't think they've tried to. 
I think this is the most experimental clutch record for quite a long time. Love it that a band can shock you 12 yeah. albums in their career. Yeah, 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 exactly. In Fucking brilliant. In fact, I'm going to uh, confess the first time I listened to this album, uh, I did not like it at all. Really? I, I really didn't. And I think so. I got new clutch in my inbox. I yelped like a girl, ran around the house, <laughs> did the usual stuff that I do when I get really excited about a record coming in. After that half an hour, uh, uh, we don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I put it on and uh, yeah, I think it just, I think you expect a clutch record to sound a certain way. And because it didn't, I sort of threw my toys out of the pram a tiny bit and I was like, it's rubbish. Um, the second listen, I, you know, a day or two later, I wised up. And I was like, oh, actually, this is just, this is really good. It's just not quite what I expected. Mm. But I think it's the most um, produced clutch record i've heard which which sounds like a weird thing to say especially in this day and age of massively overproduced uh records um it does it's not as overproduced as what you'd be thinking if i described it as a produced record but Mm. clutch are very good at sounding like a band live in a room on records and there's quite a lot of you know it starts with like these weird kind of electronic pulses type thing and i was like what this doesn't sound like clutch to me Mm. and it was just all a bit but now that i know that that's what it is uh i've really grown to love most of it well there's they've always kind of played with hammond organ harmonica and those kind of more traditional instruments uh yes during particularly during the the kind of the blues period the real bluesy period and like strange cousins i was talking about that kind of bluegrass period but Um, they feel like live instruments whereas they do this it's really subtle and it doesn't happen very often but there's tiny teeny bits of sort of uh, I don't want to say studio trickery, but it's studio bits and pieces. It's that they probably won't recreate live. Is it what I'm sounds to big. Say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To it, me, does. Like, it, it does. I, I mean, that's what you're saying. I understand, but I, I'm not sure I completely agree. I, I think okay. it just sounds big because f- for whatever reason, you know, you, you look at that kind of, I mean, for me, when I went, oh, and my ears really pricked up was that, 70s cop show theme tune that in is Walsh in Barbarella, Barbarella this with is the, the best horns. song on the record by a fucking oh. mile oh. Fucking I mean brilliant. I can't ever remember them using they've never used horns before I, I don't think, think so they? No. No. but no. like I mean quite why they've they've taken them this long when you hear it you go how has it taken you this long to go full James Brown yeah 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 because yeah I mean, it just feels like some one of the most perfect matches in music yeah. to yeah. hear this like hard rocking bluesy whiskey soaked uh really really um like like you say about neil fallon he's a fucking genius he is like yeah. he is one of the most um amazingly evocative yeah picture painting lyricists in it, the history of music full it stop goes without saying there's some amazing lyrics yeah, on this record. Course. i mean I, I heard um how to shake hands at download last year oh. when they played and that with Jimi hendrix on the 20 dollar dollar bill and yeah bill, bill hits, hits on, on the five, five. No. i mean again like <laughs> he just amazing. conjures you know he just conjures these yeah. these worlds like him so that, you can see him dressed as a politician yeah that on, that's, that song I mean? is basically more or less what he would do if he was president. gonna be the president yeah. yeah like and 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 it's fucking wonderful yeah i mean yeah fallon for president but back to kind of in mm. in walks barbarella mm. like uh, weaponized funk like, oh, just that just him going, funk. weaponized funk and you can hear like the whole and it, 
it just feels like it's fuck it's like the loonies have taken over yeah, Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I it's so They're fucking playing. brilliant. And I love actually on, on Vision Quest as well, mm. there's like honk almost a kind of honky tonk piano. Yes. And it feels like it should be them playing in the corner of a, of a saloon. Vision Quest actually really reminded me of um you know when Guns N' Roses tried to sound like Rolling Stones, they did it a lot more on Use Your Illusions. Yes, they did. They, yeah. did. they used a lot of that honky tonk piano type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um it really reminded me of that Use Your Illusion era Guns N' Roses stuff, which in my book is a very good thing because I love that stuff. You like that, but uh, I do, I do, I'm a fan. But um yeah absolutely i really yeah i thought vision quest is a great great song um and yeah lyrically it's just wonderful i think we should shout out the last song as well um yes what's it called it is glory i i just can't, can't pronounce it l'oreal uh, <laughs> it's called yeah laura lee that's it laura lee yeah, yeah yeah which is an odd again an odd song in the clutch kind of back it's not i don't it's not like something they've never done before, but it sounds like the most accomplished version of yeah, this. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, that they've done. Mm. Um, I love it as an ender. Yeah, uh, very different to the rest of the record. It's funny because they usually they they usually clutch albums hit hard. The, the sort of open they seem to kind of come out like a steam train. Yeah, and the best clutch albums for me are the ones where you go, oh, the first, you know, like on Bill Street to Oblivion I'm always like oh the first three tracks are great but when you look at Blast Tower and you go oh, the first one, two, three, four, five, nine, 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 ten. <laughs> yeah, first yeah, ten yeah, are amazing yeah, yeah. and even then it doesn't really drop yeah. particularly below that and then Psychic yeah. Warfare I was like oh well, the first six on Earth Rocker I was like oh, the first four or five Where, but, but it's because they come out bosh straight yeah. away yeah. whereas this one kind of it starts and ends in a similar sort of fashion it doesn't really like roar out at you like clutch albums usually do which i think is yes. again a, a cool surprise maybe that was part of part of my initial um initially why i wasn't into it and, mm. and when i say wasn't into it i do mean on the first listen by the second yeah. listen i was on board yeah but, um i will say i do have some criticisms mm. um it's too long that is my main criticism yeah it's and, too long and it it's not even like looking at a track listing now it's 15 um, songs song, 15 songs Warfare was 12 but there's, there's there's a couple in there that they definitely should have cut in my opinion but I think right. it is about I think it's about three songs too long I think it, I, there's nothing that I particularly there's no song I particularly cut I like the fact that it kind of builds a bit of momentum and then Emily Dickinson comes along and it kind of slows the yeah, momentum Emily Dickinson's really well great. that's really good I almost thought they were using bagpipes at some ah, point right. as well on that because you know uh, it's got this really weird guitar um, sort of sound on it but I think it is guitars uh, and then it kind of builds back up again and then sort of slows back down so it feels like a really good journey I'm not sure that I can yeah. actually pinpoint what I would cut from it but certainly when you listen to Psychic Warfare you've got 12 tracks you know you can listen to them all the way through yeah. and that'd be the kind of where you go with it I think 15 tracks is a yeah. little bit much so on that on that alone um I would pick Psychic Warfare over this. But I think I might have this over Earth Rocker. Wow. No. But, but not for me. But yeah, fine. Okay. Um, no, 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 no. Not, not for me. Um, I, I still haven't decided if I like it more than Psychic Warfare yet. Um, but I don't think I do. I do. I, for me, I think... I was trying to think where it ranks in their entire discography and 
it's a bit it's really difficult when you've got 12 records to think about where you'd yeah. slot it in i i do think it would be around the middle for me um mm. but yeah i think that's probably fair but we're talking you know we're talking about clutch here who the only- lowest is an eight the lowest clutch album for me is an eight well, you don't like Jam Room. I don't like Jam Room. I, I mean, I'd probably give Jam Room a six. Um, but uh, <laughs> Steve looks very offended right now. No, it's fine. He looks very, very upset. But I, but I, but everything else would be at least an eight for me. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. but but oh, what? I I this yeah. If I had to give a mark out of ten, it probably would be an eight for me. Mm. But it's Clutch, and they're fucking great. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's God. a sort of hot, hot bottom feeder. Yeah is you know the lyrics are how to make crab cakes and like any if that was in the hands of any other lyricist who wasn't neil fallon you'd be like what the fuck are you going on about just talking about a recipe to make crab cakes but it's genius it sounds fucking brilliant yeah he's like and and neil fallon is all about delivery i mean well he is lyrically amazing as well, but it is his delivery that really sells what he's Massively, doing. Yeah. You know, if you think back to like Texan Book of the Dead, ting tang, walla walla, bing bang, and yeah. all that sort of shit. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. A clutch are unique and they're brilliant and you need to listen to this record because it's clutch. Is it the best clutch record? No. No. Is it the worst? No. It's no. a decent clutch record and it's great that they've experimented a bit and it's a bit different. I'll um, tell you what. When people go like, is it the best? No. Is it middling? No. Last week, it was a bit like, would you go back to Alison Chain's record? Yeah, probably a couple of songs and blah, 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 blah. With Clutch. Yeah, I, 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 I have, have been as well, actually, to, to be fair. But yeah. with Clutch, for me, there there is no there is no doubt in my mind that I will go back to this record. Oh, I'll be going back to it. Because I go yeah. back to every Clutch yeah. record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they're just better than most bands. So there you go. That was Book of Bad Decisions by Clutch. I mean, if you're not on board with Clutch at this point, then, I mean, you've got real problems. <laughs> real problems. Uh, the next album comes from the delightfully entitled Pig Destroyer. Pig Destroyer. Uh, who are one of those bands that people like to go, when you tell them that you like metal, and you tell them you like bands like Pig, they go, oh, Pig Destroyer, what's that? <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah. Do you, ha, a, ha, ha, do you want a fun little Remfrey fact here? Go on. Pig Destroyer are the first grindcore band I ever heard in my life. Oh, really? Yeah, I was working at Virgin Megastore, and Prowler in the Yard came in. Well, let's let's get let's get this out straight away. So the new album's called Head Cage. It's the sixth full-length album. They pretty much for my ears uh were one of about three or four bands who basically have perfected grindcore yes with prowler in the yard um that was 2001 i think it was one or two yeah yeah Yeah. they basically perfected grindcore. oh yeah they basically have made it impossible for themselves or other people to just do grindcore i don't listen to many grindcore bands but pig destroyer are the main yeah. one that I they do. are a yep. landmark band in the same way as I would say Brutal Truth Norsem Napalm Death mm-hmm. um, there's some others but anyway do you know what I mean like the, the Pig Destroyer are as important to Grindcore as pretty much anyone well Metallica as important as they are Metallica are to metal probably <laughs> well I don't know, I, yeah maybe I mean I'd say Napalm Napalm Death is still yeah, the, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, the, yeah, sure. the daddy sure sure but sure. then if you're looking at the kind of podium I'd say that um, like Pig Destroyer 100% on it yeah yeah. if not second 100% um, which is why I guess you know having that happen Phantom Limb felt like a bit of a step away from pure grindcore mm-hmm. I think if you look at Scott Hull and what he did with Agrophobic Nosebleed recently yeah. Yeah. Um, it, with Ark which came out in 2006 early 2016 I think um, 
that was a clear step away as well yep. from just doing pure grindcore. I think, you know, Book Burner in 2012 sort of heads back much more into that direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that brings us to Headcage. Mm, which is... Which is new not grindcore a grindcore album. album. No, <laughs> not at all. So... Um, well, not, 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 not at all, because there are, there are some... There are a few sort of one minute blasts in yeah. there that that you know yeah. pulverize you, but uh, you know for starters this is twelve tracks and Pig Destroyer records are usually more like twenty one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of thirty three minutes I think twelve tracks in thirty three minutes. Uh-huh. So it's far more. It feels far more song orientated. It does. I mean. I would say Dark Train sort of starts as you might expect an album from a band like Pig Destroy to start. Oh, it's brilliant. That that quote that says, um, oh shit, what is it now? Uh, I, can't, I don't want to get it wrong, so I'm not going to say it in case people... Yeah, there's a, there's a quote that says something along the lines of, we, we, we hold no responsibility for this horrible sound that you're about to hear. Yeah, and then yeah. a fucking horrible sound comes yeah. in, which basically, well does make Slipknot sound like a Fisher-Price metal band, <laughs> yeah, actually. Uh, I think the other one, um, Terminal Witch, certainly hits that level of speed yeah. Yeah. occasionally. Oh, yeah. And certainly, lyrically, and in terms of just pure outright intensity, this is as harsh as they have ever been. Yes. But there's so much fucking groove on this record. Yes, groove. Yeah, yeah. I was there's like... so much. There's shed loads of groove on this there's, bastard. There's... So I wonder if this is to do with the fact that this is their first album with a bassist. Well, it very much probably is. Um, So uh, this is their first album with John Jarvis in the lineup. I believe he actually joined in 2013, I think. Um, But uh, this is actually the first album they've recorded with him in the band. Uh And it seems to have had a really profound effect on what they're writing and what they're doing. I mean, there is, there's, I could hear bits of Pantera in it. I was going to say. Bits of Lamb of God. they're to both of those, not a million miles away from Lamb of God and Trenkill era Pantera. I mean, mm. I reckon, ah, it seems like a mad thing to say about a band like Pig Destroyer, but do you reckon fans of kind of straight up metal could get on board with this? Because I feel Maybe. like, I feel like, I mean, Circle River literally sounds like a Slipknot song to me. Mm. Like mm. literally mm. in terms of, the 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 tone of the guitars in terms of the pace in terms of the, the aggression mm, like mm. it's really very very close to like when i was listening to it i was like who does this remind me of and i was like kind of like slipknot yeah and yeah. the riff on the stomp on concrete beast is like coc or down yes Do oh down I mean? was definitely a band like, that i wrote down yeah, yeah, yeah those yeah. are heavy and those are heavy bands like don't yeah. get me wrong like this is you know, we're not we're not saying they're suddenly become you know asking alexandria or something no. but but like if you were into to metal mm. like the, you know, but you're always like i don't really know about grindcore and yeah, death yeah, metal yeah. and the sort of extreme stuff but i like metal as heavy as metal can get yeah yeah this is much more i mean it's, it's extreme in its approach um you know the last song house of snakes it's sort of seven oh, minutes long it just gets wonderful. more and more yeah. intense yeah throughout that seven like did, did perfectly you, pitched. did you notice as well the intro for house of snakes sounds like the intro for blackened is that my imagination by metallica 
Uh, I didn't notice that. It, it's okay, well, maybe have another listen to it okay. and tell me what you think. But I like it. Sounds so much like Blackened. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. But um, I I completely and utterly agree with you. It's certainly the most palatable Pig Destroyer have ever been. Yeah, which might put off uh, Pig Destroyer. You know the hardcore grindcore aficionados mm. or whatever uh but fuck them because this album is fucking amazing well i was gonna say is it any good of course it is it's fucking outra- i mean it, it's it's uh it's my favorite album this week yeah i think it's mine as well actually and which in a week when clutch is out exactly ridiculous. exactly and it is oh i don't want to uh will likely be in my top 20 I would have thought. Um, yeah, I think it's got a good, damn good shout in terms of like, I mean, that's the thing, mate, in terms of straight up metal. Yeah, I can't think of a better there's record. There's not many this like year. pure kind of just, oh God, yeah. this is aggressive and I want yeah. to make me bang my head. Yeah. Not not many that makes me want to do that more than this, I have to say. No, exactly. Um, and you say that about, it's funny you say that about, I mean, I think this is why people love this band more than they love, I don't know, um, the, the Red Chord or yeah. Discordant Axis. Yeah, maybe. Or, maybe. Although saying I really love Discordant Axis. But uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't hold Discordant Axis, a band like Discordant Axis, who I, or Cephalic Carnage, who I really like, in the same regard as, Pig regard as a band no, like Pig no, Destroyer. No, no, no. Because Pig Destroyer are, are willing to go to these sort of places. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I mean, it's just, it's fucking great. It's great to hear you think you're going to get one thing and what you get is something completely different and mm. the thing that you are getting that's completely different, the quality of it is fucking sky high. Yeah. It reminded me of the way, you know how Decapitated made death metal palatable yeah. with Anti-Cult? Yeah. It feels like Pig Destroyer have made, well, they haven't made Grindcore palatable because like we said, this isn't a Grindcore record. No. It has Grindcore bits on it like don't worry the grindcore hasn't gone completely but fleeting though isn't it it is fleeting absolutely it's a 33 re- minute record the grindcore probably is seven or eight minutes of it mm. um but what you're left with is fucking brilliant interesting great groovy yeah groovy music yeah. i definitely definitely think right, austin powers <laughs> <laughs> it's groovy music baby groovy. yeah uh, <laughs> Um, uh, so I think um, sorry totally made me lose my thread Uh, the spy who grindcored me Uh, (laughs) um, yeah I think grind member (laughs) is that the title of this week's show (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm left with international grind of mystery which isn't as good (laughs) but yeah um Yes, I think if you've listened to Pig Destroyer before and gone, not for me, fair play, because Pig mm. Destroyer are not for everybody. No. Um, but maybe give this record, uh, Headcage, a go, because um, it will probably surprise you. It certainly surprised the yeah. fuck out of me. Yes, yeah, so I think if you're into, if, if you like Slipknot, if you like Lamb of God, mm-hmm. if you like, um, I think, Decapitated, Latter Day Decapitated, Latter, yeah. um, I think if you like. Uh, like we said, Pantera. Yeah. Um, Trend Kill's a great shout as well. Then I, I think you you might just really, really love this record. Yeah, yeah. I know I do. Yeah, I, 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 I absolutely, I adore it. 
I, I, I really, 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 really like this record. It's so there you brilliant. go. That's um, the album of the week, Head Cage by Pig Destroyer. All right. Um, which leaves with one more record. It comes from a band called Atan. The album is called End Of. It's a debut album from a Norwegian band who released a really good EP in 2015 really called From Nothing. Really good EP. Which really I was the vinyl of. Lucky me. Yes, so was I. Yeah, that was good. Um, so I think it's easier to be impressed by an EP in this type of music because I always go back to, I think I've said this so many times, um, I think the Vane EP that came out last year might replace it actually, but I always talk about the Burnt by the Sun EP, which was four tracks, six minutes long. Yeah. The Vane was the same from last year. Yeah. Absolute outright, just like, yeah. for six minutes and then you go, oh Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even though it very, very rarely deviates from anything at all other than that, because of the brevity of it, it's super duper exciting. Mm. Um, mm. So, you know, shorter, tighter, doesn't stay as welcome. You just kind of go, oh, and then it's it's gone. Yeah. Albums from bands like this are definitely harder. Um, but saying that, I've kind of always maintained and I've been very open about it. I am a sucker for this kind of blackened, hardcore, metallic crossover sound I gonna, hybrid. I, I can't imagine you not liking this record. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Uh, am I right? I really like it. Right, okay. I mean, predictably. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I, 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 I actually, I, well, but. I, I don't, I don't blindly. No, no, no offense, I don't blindly love everything no, in this like genre. An idiot like me. But, <laughs> but I do think this is a very, very good record. I had yeah. to keep reminding myself that it was a debut album. Yeah, massive loads of converge on it. Uh, well, I was going to say to me, it sounds like converge mixed with neurosis, and if that doesn't, yeah. if that doesn't whet your appetite, then uh, you're dead, as far as I'm concerned. Or yeah. you don't, or you don't like heavy music, which is fine. <laughs> yes, uh, which, is, but, which is fine. Um, um, I mean, I love the the vocalist has got a kind of. I think they've got two vocalists, but the Grady Avenel of Wilhaven yeah. fame style kind of tortured well and yeah. the dissonance on it. Um, it's bleak, isn't it's it? Well it's well dark bleak uh, as fuck this record and you know like I, I think the last track the title track where it goes full uh, apocalyptic almost nine minutes long yeah is that is wicked excellent I've tried this week because I am such a fucking sucker for this sort of thing mm. I have tried to be super harsh right because okay. I don't want to keep coming on and bringing <laughs> you some black and hardcore band and go well obviously I love it and yeah, it's great yeah, yeah, and you yeah, yeah. Love it. because I feel like I should ha- I'm gonna have to learn to be, <laughs> be objective a bit more objective <laughs> and i have to say with the, with the i wish they'd kind of branch out a bit more because with the exception of that last song the, the title track i feel like all of the songs are of a similar length it's 37 minutes long it's nine tracks one of those tracks is a nine minute long yeah it's almost track. nine minutes so you got eight tracks in 27 minutes right mm-hmm. they're all kind of between four and a half to five minutes long they all stick to a fairly i wouldn't say a fairly rigid formula but um i don't think there's a huge amount of deviation Can in I? terms of the length in terms of the sound in terms of how the songs start and finish and how they middle i feel like those eight songs if you like one of them you'll like all of them um, and you you may well, if you're not a fucking sucker for it like me, you may well get bored halfway through. I don't agree with that. Okay. Um, I think this is a record of two halves. I think it's an unusual record in that the first half is good, 
But the second half is where it really lifts off. Yeah. Around track five or six, I think it's actually track six that it begins to get really good for me, which is um, it's the song about marrow. Ooh, what's it called? I don't know. Black Liquid Marrow is right. what it's called. Uh, like has this kind of, there's this bit where it goes all like early sludgy Mastodon, like like remission style, style yeah. Mastodon in amongst this like bleak blackened hardcore and stuff. And I feel like the second half of the record is the more experimental record part of the record uh-huh. and the more successful part of the record yep. as well. A bit I, like the Jesus Peace album they were talking about last yeah, week. Yeah, actually. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, I Beautiful. think... I prefer this to the Jesus Peace record. I think it's quite hard to say, actually. I think they're both really good. They're both very good. Yeah. Again, yeah, yeah. it's fucking hard for me to. Yeah. Yeah. I just like this. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the one of the best. Uh, you know how bands are fucking useless at describing their own sound. Uh, not in Atan's case. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this quote. This is from Metal Hammer, but the bassist once described them as the sound of people sucking the marrow out of their own bones. Oh, <laughs> fuck. I like that. Isn't that good? Like, I do like that. As, as a journalist, you know, yeah. my job is to like describe how bands sound. He's sounds. basically like... I couldn't... You know, he's Mike, put, put us out of a job. Mike dropped fucking all rock journalists. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't put it better than that. Um, yeah, so, mate, I, I think this is really good. Yeah. Well, what I would say, if they're listening, I don't know if they are, that last track is fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And build on that. that. Build on that. That <laughs> makes me think that there is something more than just... Because you look at like... I mean, Convergent Neurosis are two perfect signposts for where to go. 100%. Take more risks. Yeah. Take yeah. more risks on the second yeah. record and really kind of go for that. And I think that they could be a very, very, very good band. I think at the moment they're a good band, a very yeah. good band. But I think... And again, like I'm trying my hardest not to just go, ah, he just screams yeah. all the way for a fucking, I'm such an angry <laughs> bastard. Because but, I am, unfortunately. But on that note, if this is their petitioning the empty sky. Oh no, actually there was a record before that, wasn't there? Yeah. But you know, the, even if it's their, you know. Oh, Haystack. What yes. The fucking yeah, 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 yeah. If, if this is, if this is their debut Converge record, you know, that if this is, if it, this is that, then this could potentially be a really fucking exciting band. Yeah. We'll have to see. We'll For have sure. to see. But it's, okay. good. it's good. End Off by Atan. Uh, go and have a little listen if you're like me and you just like <laughs> the sound of people screaming. Bleak screaming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I went to see Andrew Neil on Saturday night record yeah. his DVD for his show The History of Heavy Metal. Now Andrew Neil is basically become certainly in Great Britain the heavy metal comedian. I know there's Brian Persain mm-hmm. in uh, in the US and, uh, and but Andrew has very very successfully carved a niche for himself um, through no you know he's not been on he has actually been on Nevermind the Bus Courts once, but he hasn't really played the panel show game. No. He hasn't really played up to kind of uh, your typical comedy central, you know, um, doing specials on, you know, Netflix the comedy, whatever, yeah, Netflix yeah, yeah, yeah. and doing the comedy store he's, and he's, stuff like he's that. He remains sort of a fringe comedian, but yeah. by choice, I would say. He spent the last decade doing shows about occultism yeah. and about um, the history of, yeah, he's in a steampunk band. Yes, the men that will not be named for of nothing. Course, yeah, uh, who again played un- download loads of times. Yeah, who have uh, unsigned and have done it all by himself. Yeah. He's written a book which he's kind of like got crowdfunded. He got this DVD crowdfunded. I went to go and see it, and obviously I'll talk to him as we go for the chat. But I don't want it to be too awkward. So um, it was fucking awesome yeah. to see a comedian play the underworld. 
yes. the underworld where I've seen converge, yeah. poison the well, um, grade, boy sets fire at the drive-in, um, many, many, many the Bronx. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. many, many great bands over the years that I have seen at the underworld mm. in packed out, sweaty confines to see Andrew doing a show kind of deconstruct which it's funny because there were loads of in jokes for for people that were there for like oh i like metal and i know what this is i do recall so i have seen this show but uh-huh. i saw it three years ago so i can interject a <laughs> little <too>. bit <laughs> but um i saw it three did he do it with a full band again he did it with a full band yeah. excellent yeah cool. so i saw it i saw him do a preview of it before oh, he nice. first started touring and uh it, it it changed a little bit, but I was amazed at how much of it was a similar Same, yeah. thing. But um, but his kind of as a someone who loves metal, yeah. like his passion for for heavy music and his passion for music in general, and his like real genuine knowledge. Like it's one thing when people go, "Hey, I'm a rocker," and you yeah. know, I like rock music. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he's going on stage and he's doing jokes about like, um the tardy brothers from uh from obituary yeah and yeah. doing jokes about like mayhem well i remember uh, i remember him saying like um uh goth and metal are not the same thing yeah like doing shit like that and that is <laughs> yeah. very much sort of for us yeah, there's yeah, also, yeah, yeah i think you could turn up you could turn up to that show and a genuinely learn something and b i think be sucked into to really really loving or, or taking an in going i really should have a little listen to yeah. to metal and yeah. and find out what it's all about because these people are clearly batshit mental for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So um it was really, really brilliant. If you get a chance to get the DVD, um then then when it comes out then then do buy it. But I spoke to Andrew about all the hilarity uh of the world of metal and this is what we got up to. All right, Andrew O'Neill's here, the Hello. heavy metal comedian. Yeah, you like the that? one, the one. The, yeah, I, mate, Fuck Steve Hughes <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brian Persane. Also, I love Steve Hughes. I have to say, yeah, I just I have to say that for clarity. I love. Yeah, that. I know. Yeah, you have to. That's the thing about jokes these days, isn't it? You have to actually oh, these days. You have to just sort of go. It's just, just a clarity. joke. Footnotes. Yeah. Steve Hughes is a, one of the best comedians in the world he and is, a good friend. He is very good. Uh, what about Brian Persane? He's another one. Isn't he's he? lovely. Yeah, mm. he's great. He's great. He's. I mean, he's got. He wrote the pretty much the that ultimate meme heavy metal joke, which is if if you're giving a guy a blowjob, no, if you're getting a blowjob of another guy, it's not gay if you shout slaying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is good. That's a good joke. But certainly in the UK, Andrew, you have become yeah the guy yeah with that kind of metal fans identify with within the comedy world, which yeah, yeah. I think and I, it's it's really cool because. We'll get to the show that I went to see at the Underworld mm-hmm. the other day. But certainly, um, what I think is wicked about it is you haven't really played the the normal... It's not been the normal route, do you no, know what I mean? I'm, like, it's I, been it's been a metal, DIY, punk rock yeah. way of establishing yourself as, a, as an artist. Absolutely. And it, the thing, it, 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 that's... I mean, my, my love of heavy music entirely shaped my approach to stand-up from the very beginning. Mm. So the simple fact, which to me seems so obvious and to so many other comedians doesn't, which is, because I was a comedy fan as well, a big comedy fan. Yeah. I'm not anymore. It's rubbish it, now, but, yeah. yeah. But, um, but my approach to making comedy was the same as my approach to making music. And when I was making music, I wanted to make the music that I most wanted to hear. Mm. And with comedy, I wanted to make the sort of comedy I would most want to see. And rather than thinking, well, what 
what will make me a successful comedian, right? So my stuff is is quite weird, surreal. Um, there's a lot of different styles mixed up in it. Um, and as a result, the mainstream comedy industry has looked at me going, oh, Andrew's really good, isn't he? Let's not put him in anything. <laughs> and so, so there's this weird thing of like this... this decade and a half long thing of kind of proving that I can I can make mainstream audiences laugh mm. but also at the same time treating myself in the same way you know treat myself like a band basically and finding my audience and doing my own shows to them rather than having to ask someone else for permission for yeah. them to get an audience for me so you know the 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 approach has always been DIY the approach has always been artistically just do the thing I want to do um, and following that model I suppose of outsider art of everyone from Sabbath to Converge Converge is probably my model for it yeah I know I've heard you say that a few times yeah. being the, like the Converge of comedy which yeah, is Converge don't fit in with great. any other band yeah. even the ones that are a bit Convergey they're not really part of that scene they weren't really part of the scene in Boston mm. that they grew you know where they grew up they they forged their own thing and, and well they kind of made the scene yeah. That Boston hardcore scene, which I know both of us are like absolutely <laughs> fucking bonkers about. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I spoke to Jake Bannon about it and, and he was like, we had to go and find other places to play yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of on the outskirts of, of Boston because the normal punk and hardcore shows, we just didn't really, like it was a violent, horrible yeah. place to yeah, be that at that kind point. Of meathead you know? sort of, yeah. 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 So, um, do you know what? It's funny because... Thinking back, it seems it always seemed to me like, you know, knowing you from like what is it now? Sort of probably about like ten years or so. Mm -hmm. um, the history of heavy metal as an idea for a show, which mm -hmm. you've obviously been doing for it's about four, four years, years yeah. now, isn't it? Um, but I was always like, once you said you were doing that, I was like, it seems so obvious because <laughs> when you think I've seen you doing shows about the occult and I've seen you doing shows about Jack the Ripper, yeah. and these are all very, very Quite different metal shows. Themes, right? Yeah, yeah, they are, they are. I mean, they absolutely are, and they're certainly different. Like I, mem I remember seeing you in Edinburgh, and when most people are doing their like oh, my shows about moving into the suburbs or whatever, yeah, yeah. Like I was like, well, this is almost certainly one of the more unique shows that you're going to be seeing up yeah. in Edinburgh but it did feel like I was like I wonder why I haven't done a show about metal yet hmm. was it did you kind of deliberately hold off doing it for a while I deliberately kept playing music out of my comedy mm. I kept those two things separately uh, separately kept those two things separate um, when I did my first ever stand up gig the revelation of you don't have to carry anything was overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. turn up. There's no amps, there's no tuning, there's no sound checks, there's no van. And honestly, I, th I explicitly thought, you don't have to carry anything. Yeah. And then when I did, so I, yeah, I kept them separate. I don't even know if it was conscious or not. I just thought of them separately in my head. Um, I stopped doing, but my, the last band I was in, for a while was a band called Plague of Zoltan mm. which was a kind of power violence uh, hardcore band hardcore band um, and um, when I stopped doing that I started really missing being in a band yeah. um, and particularly when I was playing music, doing stand-up in music venues and that kind of smell and this like mm. even before the smoking band and like oh, man, I really miss doing bands and then you know doing my punk band The Men Will Not Be Blamed For Nothing that that kind of ploughed its own furrow. But then I was, on a, I was on my way home, I was on a coach, I was on my way home probably from Leeds. And the whole idea downloaded in one. 
do a history of heavy metal, play guitar, have a slideshow and a multimedia, have backing tracks, do it. And I just, and I grabbed a pen and like furiously wrote the ideas down as they were being transmitted to me. Yeah. And, you know, some of the jokes that are still in the show, you know, like the picture of Rob Halford, you know, the, in the single greatest act of hiding in plain sight. <laughs> yeah. um, and and I was like, where do I start? Well, I'll start with the Big Bang. That'll be funny, you know. Hmm. Big Bang was, the, you know, and then so. And the thing about it being, it seeming like an obvious idea in retrospect. My plan at that point was to do a pretty straightforward for me stand-up show in Edinburgh the fringe that year yeah but then I went I've got to do this idea now because if I don't someone else will do it so I put the show together pretty I put a show together pretty quickly did a couple of previews where I was working stuff out and then I just started touring it straight away partly you know that thing where you have an people have an idea and they post it to themselves in recorded delivery mm. it, just that thing going right I've done, I've done this show now so I toured it and then by the time I got to Edinburgh, it was already in pretty good shape. Did it, did it at the Fringe. Um, and yeah, and it just felt like this absolutely natural... It's the same way when I, when I started doing Ripper tours, because I've done the show about Jack the Ripper, and people are like, why don't you do it around the murder sites? I'm like, oh yeah, it's the most natural idea ever. Mm. So that's how that evolved. Um, and, and people dug it in a way that gave it this kind of life that a, a comedy show doesn't normally have. So stand-up show will have a year, maybe a year and a half, like, you know, previews, do it in Edinburgh, do it on tour. But this kept going, and then I added Reprisal as the backing band. And you, you can probably imagine the first time in rehearsal when they kicked in with the riff of Black Sabbath, I went, oh, this is much better, isn't it? Yeah. Just, this suddenly turns from being kind of like any other guy with a guitar, sort of um, doing comedy, to this is a metal band doing comedy um, and that's kind of part of the point of the show is to is to because metal used to be part of the kind of ecosystem of pop music mm. so up until probably the late 80s yeah it was just part of one of the flavors of music that people would listen to mm. and you know I, I went through archives of things like smash hits and diamond head and motorhead and other <laughs> machine head uh, but, you know the, Tigers of Pantang were reviewed in Smash Hits. And, yeah, it's and, mad, isn't it? Um, and so the notion of metal being, I suppose metal being a subculture and it being its own thing and you buy Heavy Metal magazine and mm. it, um, it is relatively new. So, and, 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 you know, metal is pop music, basically. And it's, mm. it's, so what I wanted to do was celebrate metal and show people that it's... Um, a warm, open subculture, and that, and that you don't need to like metal very much to to, to be a metalhead, as far as I'm concerned. You know, mm. um, and just precisely the opposite attitude to every single person well, on like, I, the Metal Hammer Facebook page. For yeah, example. but that's you know because I mean? they're people who are on a Metal Hammer Facebook page. They are by you know, if you yeah. go on an Iron Maiden show, most Iron Maiden fans don't listen to any other metal. <laughs> You know, Metallica too, they, like yes, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. watch you watch huge bands supporting Metallica. So yeah. people just going, Machine Head, Gajira, Volbeat, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Avenged Sevenfold have been supporting them. And apparently, they're just playing to people going, yeah, which is fine, which is correct. <laughs> but no, but no it's, it's, it's it's interesting, and and <clears throat> it, it's very easy to be to be snobbish and to be holier than now. And mm. I'm definitely guilty of that at times. Um, I 
I saw a woman wearing a Metallica t-shirt just the other day and, they went, and I was also wearing a Metallica t-shirt and I went Metallica and she looked at me as if I just you know yeah insulted her I mean um, they're so big now it's lo- the, I mean Metallica t-shirts are the new Ramones t-shirt I think yeah I, I went to see Metallica at the O2 on the Death Magnetic tour and the woman in front of me um, was reading Hello magazine <laughs> before they came That's on amazing and I was like I don't know if that would have flown in sort of the yeah. Bay Area in 1984. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Isn't it's it? an odd. It is an odd thing. But you, you're quite right. I mean, it's like Metallica and Maiden in particular have become so omnipresently massive now. Like Metallica haven't been ours since 1988. Yeah. They haven't been ours since the One video. Maybe. That's when they stopped being part of our thing and became something bigger. I think it depends how much you want R to be yeah, yeah, yeah. a thing. Do you know what I mean? But because this this is an interesting part of it and, and, and this is this is where I, I kind of intentionally stopped being kind of inward looking with it and started trying to trying to talk about metal in a way that, that shows other people what there is to celebrate because I think it's for a long time metal's been very misunderstood. Mm. And mostly, I don't give a shit <laughs> what mm. other people think of metalheads. I don't give a shit what people think of the way I look, the way I dress, the way I, you know, I've, I've spent my, my most, the vast majority of my life being insulted for the way I look. And the way I look is because I'm a metalhead. And fine, it's not, it's our thing. But people who love music really dig the show. Mm. So I've got, uh, so Mick Ferry, who's an amazing stand-up comedian who doesn't like metal, but he really loves like you know, Trojan records and he loves you know two tone and he loves all sorts of all sorts of uh, uh, great and interesting music. He's a big fan of the show because I talk about the development of it. I talk about what brought about you know what brought about the second wave of black metal is an interesting thing because yeah. it's a reaction against the popularity of death metal. Yeah, it's, and that's that's fascinating because it's it, it, these things don't grow up in in on their own the, the reason most uh the reason metal originated in in and around birmingham is because of the economics of that area because there were an absolute shitload of venues there were loads and loads and loads of venues with live music mm. and there's and as a result of venues there, there's a great music scene this is why coming full circle, it's really important in 2018, and I'm talking to you here, listener, to support small venues. And if you hear about venues getting closed down, fucking stop it happening. And go and see bands that you've never heard of, because that is the ecosystem that produces good music. If bands can't play live, they can never be good live, you know? So so there are are lots of aspects about the show that that are... not to do with did you remember this one from your past <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. and to do with it's an interesting story as to why these things came about why were churches burnt down in Norway well number mm. one because of the isolation of that that social group and number two because they're made out of wood <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well the church the church burning copycats that happened in sort of Suffolk yeah uh, it's just a small singed <laughs> singed bit of you slightly decolored my church yeah um yeah Uh, do you think i mean the other thing i was going to bring up when i saw the show the other day it's got like i i love the ending because the ending for all the kind of um the faithfully retold 
mm. retrodden steps of you know Maiden and Metallica and Sabbath and Judas Priest and then into like the more extreme subgenres and all of like your very very defined specific broad knowledge of so much different music and then an ability to find you know I know obviously metal's ludicrous and so it kind of is perfect for a stand-up show yeah. but it's certainly perfect for a stand-up but show but it's really really important to me to not rip the piss out of it yeah of course it's, yeah. it's to find what's beautiful about it mm. like it like you know um, uh, um, Rob Halford's um, obvious homosexuality yeah it, like you've got to skirt a really fine line there between you know it's I think it's a an absolute act of genius that he was playing to arenas full of redneck Americans mm. singing the song Jawbreaker <laughs> while dressed as a leather daddy. Yeah. That's fucking genius. That's yeah. brilliant. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so celebrating that rather than going, ha ha, he was obviously gay, mm. you know, and that's, that's the really tricky thing. But yeah, go on, you were going to say... Well, I was going to say, it gets to a point where kind of post-new metal, you know, we've got now 18 years of history and yeah. you're kind of like and, and what people tend to do is go especially if you've been spending the last hour and a half talking about bands like Sabbath and Priest yeah, yeah. And, and Iron Maiden is to go those were the days but you don't say no, that because that's bullshit and it, you're right it is um, but in t but I mean it's like you kind of have this really like uplifting ending where it's like this is the best time to it's be a metal fan. It's all happening now. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah and it's the, such a great... I mean, it's obviously like... something on this show where we're like... Every week we get music and go, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is fucking brilliant. Well, this... So, it, the, the, the show... I mean, the show... In a tiny pragmatic sort of a comedy way, the show needed an ending. The yeah. ending had to be a song. And I wanted... And I genuinely thought, you know, going back on it, what you know, when was the best time to be a metalhead? And... and, and it, it is now. It is. It, it's always going to be now because you've got. I mean, it's, it's, you know, probably twenty years from now. You know, mm. because we've got access to the the full discography of heavy metal online now. You can hear anything online now. Um, you can hear that mutilation album that no one could get hold of. You know, like just yeah. And, and and you can you can make these these connections between things and and so internet access has been has been a huge part of of what's made metal I suppose more inward looking. It's always been quite inward looking, but it it seems to me that after new metal, we pretty much we pretty much mapped out the outline of what heavy metal is mm. and everything that that every innovation now is within that outline that, that kind of got... You know like when you play Zelda and you go around the forest and the forest yeah. uncovers? Yeah, it feels yeah. like we've uncovered all of the forest now. So, so the innovations that happen now are more to do with combining what we already have. Mm. So like the, the rise in metalcore, which had already been a thing through crossover thrash. Yeah. Um, uh, Deathcore. Yeah, and I mean, I was quite surprised you didn't go in on. I mean, I, they're saying it like having a kind of visible tattoo core. Yeah, what I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, that was something in the book. Neck, then hands, then hands. <laughs> yeah, you know, that is the deathcore. The thing is, deathcore doesn't interest me musically, um, uh, and it's a, it's a, it's an offshoot of an offshoot of an offshoot. Mm. So it's you have to in an, in an hour and a half long show, it has to be fairly broad strokes. And all I'm going to say about Deathcore is I don't really like it. I don't think it's as good as classic death metal, and it 
it's fucking hilarious that they have tattoos on their necks and hands and not on their arms. And they don't wear any socks. I just looked to see if you're wearing socks. Of course I'm wearing socks. And, but, you know, like, just... And, and you, know, <laughs> the, 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 you know, like, I could talk about porno grind, but yeah. you're talking about... You don't talk about, the, the you know, individual twigs. You talk about the tree mm. um, and the shape of the tree. So, so the, I'm not suggesting that there are no... There's nothing new under the sun. I'm just saying that every development that happens now is within this kind of border. Because if you go beyond it, you're getting into dance music or you're getting into yeah, of course. whatever, classical music or blues or, you know, if you push one element of it too much or if you tweak one element of it too much, it's, it's no longer heavy metal. Um, but I, I genuinely believe that there is, there is more brilliant metal output per month now than any given year of the 70s. Just well, the volume. The, you know? this, this, the last few years in particular, I think, has been, has been really, really great for heavy music. Going back, I mean, I remember probably when, when you first started doing this show, mm. uh, what the kind of scene looked like in 2013, 2014, I was like, whoa. Like maybe I didn't quite have my ear close enough to the ground at that point, but it feels like people are definitely more interested in mm. genuinely, like, it's funny because I've seen the show a couple of times. Yeah. I saw one of the early previews yeah. where it was just you and a guitar and some slides. And then I saw the kind of the, the finished article mm -hmm. with the full band in the underworld at this kind of historic venue where I'd seen, you know, Converge and yeah, Poison yeah. the Well and all these, you know, Dillinger and Out the Driving and all these bands that I love. And I was like, God, this is fucking brilliant that you've been able to kind of surmise this genre that we all clearly in the room love make it really funny make it really engaging make people chant and bang their heads and and it was it, it was wicked i mean Thanks, i just man. like Thank it you. was wicked and well, i will say to anyone listening like you should get the dvd and uh, when the dvd comes out you definitely should get it it's, it was it was yeah, great yeah. um it was, there was an interesting thing about that particular particular show number one i really wanted to do it in the underworld because i absolutely love that yeah. venue but also What's interesting is if I'd made this for TV, what we would have done is gone away, scripted it, mm. made sure that I was saying everything in exactly the right way. But what we filmed was a live gig. Yeah. So I actually forgot a big Black Sabbath bit that we went, had to go and reshoot. There are bits that I forgot. There are things, apparently someone said, when I was talking about that the, the Sepultura gig in 94 where Max says, Mass hippie noses. Yeah. And the pedantic English audience corrects his pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mass hypnosis. Um, apparently I That's said brilliant. download and not Donington. You did, yeah. That's terrible, but that will be a... Uh, in the yeah. edit, I can just put a little thing up. So, yeah. um, it, monsters of rock. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, the, but, you know, the it was interesting that, that it's it's not a definitive version of that show. It's, mm. it's a really good gig. Mm. Um, but yeah, sorry, I've just slightly lost the thread. So well, no, Mark, what I was going to say was when I first saw the show, and at the end you're going, there's never been a better time to be a metal fan. And I was a bit like, hmm... I'm right. not sure. Well, it's, but, inter it's interesting because I don't have my ear to the ground any anything like you do. So I couldn't tell you much of the difference between now and four years ago. <laughs> right. Because I'm still mainly listening to Dismember. Yeah. Um, I, As well you should. Well, yeah. I mean, I think everyone, everyone, everyone that doesn't work in the industry like you do waxes and wanes in terms of their consuming of new music. Mm. And I definitely do. I'll go for a year where I, I'm just listening to stuff I've, you know, listen to millions of times and then I will binge on new stuff and I'll go through the wonderful thing I do now is just go through you know album of the year lists 
yeah. and listen to all of it and just pull bits out. And um, Austin Lund from um, Panopticon does a really good one that's just, right. know, just like, oh, and, you know, I love his taste. And But they're... Even, even, you know, I think I, th- I think the big difference between the last ten years and the period we were growing up in, mm. late nineties, early two thousands, when which wasn't a very good time for for heavy music, it, it feels mm. like it was because we were eighteen and we I were excited about it. I think it just was. But in terms of like, I don't know. I I think it, I think it wasn't great because you had that the new metal thing. There, there was this very small area of hardcore that was amazing. Converge, Botch, Dinner Escape, Plan, Cave In. Um, uh, today's the day. But, you know, Saxon couldn't get... Fucking couldn't fill a Brixton Academy. Well, Iron Maiden couldn't actually fill Brixton Academy in yeah. 1998 or so, I don't right. think. With well, Halloween. Yeah, with Blaze Bailey. But that just felt like... I mean, I think... Because I look back at that and I go, yeah, I, like, I understand... Uh, that as a criticism, like why did why did you just you know fuck off all the all the kind of the, the old, death the metal and bands? black metal were not making great things at that point. No, and I mean like, certainly death metal was in a right I, old state. This is the thing. I think I think in all of the different genres now, there's a vitality to all of it. Mm. Where it was a weird period around then when it it felt like it felt like the the foot was off the accelerator for some reason. And even though that was the period when we were, you know, I mean, we—I think you and I were both making music in the late '90s. Yeah. Um, and, but it felt like it needed the democratization of the recording process that's taken place, and then the democratization through the internet, uh, the democratization, democratization, yeah. the democratization MySpace, of basically. MySpace, then Bandcamp, SoundCloud. Mm. Um, where you can stream and download, you know, incredible quality. Um, it, it, that is such an engine for creativity. Mm. And people bemoan the fact that, that there's not going to be another, you know, download headline level band. Good. Fucking good. Because what I think download should do, and I've said this a million times, and I say it a million times more, what download should do is only have one headline level band per weekend, and the money, the, the millions they would spend on the other two, they should have a death and black metal stage, and they should have a hardcore and grindcore stage, and make it the best. They could make that the best uh, metal festival in Europe. They, could, I mean, you're you're right. They could, but then you look at the Hellfest lineup. Which happens a week later, mm-hmm. which doesn't get as many people as download. Yeah. I think there's a lot of other like this is a, a whole other thing. But, but, this the money is, yeah. but I, we don't need you don't need stadium level bands. It doesn't matter because people sort of say, "Oh, but that, that gets people into metal." Yeah, but people are finding metal anyway, mm. and people that and kids, I think, are so like cross genre now that that you know they'll, they'll listen to some weird dance music and they'll like far more than we did. They're not yeah. nearly as tribal as we were. Um, and I don't think we need big bands anymore, but the, the, there's so much in the underground and so much at kind of grassroots level of of musicianship off the scale, of ambition off the scale, and and production that you you know you can cheaply reproduce pretty much all all but that like spend a year in a studio black album level production, mm. um, which. I don't think adds anything to the blackout particularly. I think the production on Garage Days is, is better. 
you know, it's to more to my yeah. more to yeah, my that's taste. Fair. But I mean, I think the, the Black Album sounds lovely. Oh, it is lovely, lovely, and it does sound. And I, I actually listened. I was in San Francisco, and and they were doing. They played uh, three tracks off it back to back, and through a car stereo on FM radio, it sounds gorgeous. Yeah, that's what really it's made for. Really gorgeous. It? That's yeah. what it's made for. So, um, in terms of where you go after this as an artiste yourself, I mean, this is a show that you've been doing for four years. I think you kind of alluded to the fact that. Um, I'm fucking sick of it. You're fucking <laughs> sick of it. <laughs> uh, do you, I mean, is there any? Uh, is there any other music? Because it seems it's something that you like. It's so good, and to me, like it's it's going to be great to have a document of it. And I yeah. can understand that you couldn't do it forever, but it it's a I mean, show. I'll never, that... I'll never perform the show live again. Mm. Uh, caveat. Uh, in this format, <laughs> wearing the clothes I wore. But no, but no, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe in 10 years I'll revisit it, I don't know. Mm. But with it being on DVD, people will watch it and then you can't do it live. Mm. So the idea is to kill it. I'm I'm touring my stand-up shows constantly. Yeah. So um, till the end of the year, I'm touring uh, Andrew O'Neill's Black Magic Fun Hour, which mm. is, I think, the best thing I've ever done. Right, it's, wow. It's the funniest thing I've ever done. It's the boldest show I've ever done. Um, it begins with uh, a, a, a very serious uh, invocation of, of Hermes, Mercury. Um, I do the Orphic Hymn to Hermes. Hermes drawn near to my prayer incline while wearing horns, bare-chested with my face painted white, burning uh, frankincense. Um, it's very, very, very silly and very funny. And I'm touring that till the end of the, uh, till the, end of the year. Uh, dates are available on androneal.co.uk. Um, and Nice. Nice and that is that's the best thing I've ever done so mm -hmm. you can see like I love the metal show but when, when my heart really is in terms of my creative output is, is making weird funny stylistically interesting experimental stand up um, and so I'm doing that I've, I've I did a new show in Edinburgh this year called I'm a Rich Man and I Have Many Sons I'm, which is the most political thing I've done I'm touring that next year what I am going to do in terms of because I really love working with the guys from Reprisal Sean, uh, Theo and Ollie are incredible musicians and great guys. Um, and so I want to continue to do stuff with them. So I've got a couple of ideas. One being a heavy metal game show, um, which I uh, forced on an unwilling crowd at Bloodstock. <laughs> Bloodstock, yeah. Um, which was completely the wrong time for it. And fair enough, they wanted to listen to music. Mm. Um, and the other is a loose idea I have, which is um, my life in music. So a, an That's autobiographical cool. show using the band, talking about, you know, Queen and Public Enemy, the bands I loved when I was a child, talking about the weird period where I listened to Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer and, and the Simpsons sing the blues and, you know, and all the things, you know, all the things I like outside of heavy music, but then also the heavy music I love that isn't covered in the metal show. Yeah. Converge, Black yeah. Flag, uh -huh. uh, a degree to which I adore Minor Threat. Um, Catharsis, the band who changed my life through their politics, crime think and all that. Mm. So there's a lot of other stuff to cover. I love the idea of writing more stuff in that kind of format. Mm. It's just fucking badass to, to do a joke and then have a heavy band go <gasps> behind yeah. you, you know. So, so yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot more life in the kind of format. Um, it, won't be, it won't be such a marketable show because mm. heavy metal is appeals to more people the history of heavy metal appeals to more people than the history of Andrew O'Neill yeah of course um, 
but yeah, there's we're gonna do, we're gonna do more stuff uh, sort of along the lines, and th- I mean, I now have to edit the DVD, and I have to. Um, I'm, I'm going to animate the. Uh, there's a wonderful bit I do about uh, Venom, which is the best. It's the best bit in the show. Yeah, it's great. Um, that bit, yeah. uh, Venom as children, because um, yeah. I can't hear the name Conrad Lance without hearing his mum's voice. <laughs> Conrad Lance, you are not going to Sunday school dressed like that. <laughs> so we're going to animate that bit, and we've got so we've got plans for it, and um, uh, and then the other thing we want to do with it is try and sell it to like EG Netflix, because what I'd mm. love to do would be to use this as a basis to build it into a bigger documentary. Because um, most of the documentaries, I mean, you know, see, there's, there's been some amazing ones, but most of the mainstream ones don't cover the heavier stuff. And none of it has the kind of, none of it has a sense of humour. Like, mm. So do a, essentially a comedy show that is also, a, basically what the, I suppose, do, do on TV what the book is. Did you did you watch the um, the Metal Evolution series? Yeah, I've seen some of them. Yeah, right. Okay, because I thought that was brilliant personally. But like you say, he is <laughs> he's very good, but he is like you know you can tell he's a guy who's like oh wow this Canadian guy like oh wow I can't yeah, believe yeah. I'm getting to meet yeah you know Joe Duplantier or, or whatever band that he's he's uh, talking to at the time yeah yeah, um, yeah and I think it would be cool to be able to do. Uh, some, do you remember Mark Steele used to do that show on BBC Four about the history of places? Of places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was really funny, and it was just it was really funny as well. Mark Steele goes to town. Was that what it was called? Yeah. I can't remember. It was about 12, 13 years ago now, wasn't it? Right. It was quite a long time ago. But that was really funny. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah, something like that. Yeah, would be would be would be brilliant. And I'm I'm currently pitching a book as well, which is a, a, an occult travelogue. Oh, so nice. going around the country and tasting the zeitgeist of uh, the kind of, kind of current occult revival mm. from everything from the hardcore, like, seven angles Satanists where you have to basically murder someone to be a, be a part of it to uh, the wishy-washy New Age rose quartz crystal kind of, uh, you know, a pastel-coloured sparkly book of spells. Because it's... It, you know, and and obviously this kind of runs parallel to metal because of the occultism yeah, is, of is, is, is ingrained through metal. You know, ever since Geezer Butler allegedly did um, did a <laughs> ritual, um, he he officially denies actually practicing ritual magic. Yeah, which is bollocks. <laughs> wow. How, if, I mean, yeah. We who who are we to know what Geezer Butler? Yeah, gets I used to up read to loads of the... books about sex, but I didn't have any. <laughs> 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 it's true well mate um, cheers for chatting to us it's Absolute been uh, pleasure. it's been lovely we'll get you back on to do some more things I yes, think in please. the future if you, if you don't yeah, mind yeah, yeah. Um, but mate good luck with the DVD if you are listening so, well, do you want to do a little plug yeah, so there's a, get, there's a, get a, the stuff pre-order, pre-order the DVD on androneal.co.uk um, and you can also listen to some of my stuff on Bandcamp and all that sort of thing mm-hmm. and I will be on tour pretty much forever so <laughs> Twitter is Destructo9000 or just search for Andrew O'Neill um, and I'm on Instagram as Andrew O'Neill Comedy and uh, yeah come and see me live and see what I do on tour and get the book of the history of heavy metal as oh, well because book, yeah, it, yeah. once you've seen the show I, I mean we didn't really do that much this, but I have to say the book as well that I read in a day and a half or so is is fucking great and it Thank really you. really expands on it's this is the thing I think it's a really tough thing to be incisive and knowledgeable and yet also funny as well 
Thanks, man. Like that's a that's a that's a very difficult. The first draft wasn't act. funny at all, but then that's <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. like, that's the thing. I mean, I had I had, I've, I sort of early on in doing music stuff mm. when I was doing podcasts for Metal Hammer and stuff, and they were like, "He's a comedian," and people just go, Pfft, "What do you know?" It's, it's, and then you've got to kind of prove hard. yourself, it's haven't very, you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I totally. Yeah. yeah. As soon as well, that's that thing. As soon as you say I'm funny, people go, "Well, go on then." And as soon mm. as you say I'm writing about metal, they're like, "Well, I'll be the judge of that." Yeah. <laughs> you know, because, but that's 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 the, the the trick is to pitch. You know, because what I did with both the book and the show is basically go, "I'm a metal fan," mm. and this is my very 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 subjective history my opinionated subjective history um and i i enjoy occasionally offending people why do you write about opeth because they're not relevant and, <laughs> and like and why you know, i mean opeth are you know a, 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 an important band but they don't quite fit in with the evolution of metal they're a slight offshoot mm. you know and i hate glam metal and, oh yeah me too and i've got I, I i did the show in, in um Cardiff and genuinely really offended a guy who had a Motley Crue tattoo right because I was talking about Helter Skelter he went Motley Crue covered it I went well you can't have everything and he just stood with his arms folded for us. I'm sorry mate Motley Crue is shit yeah, proper I... actual and the thing is it's not that's not even like a controversial opinion because they're like oh no they can never play it's like a quote from their manager mm. yeah I <laughs> hate that can't shit. play yeah no we can't yeah I mean we try and steer well clear of that shit <laughs> on this show I don't want anything to do with Motley Crue that feels like a very good time to, to cut this off <laughs> just go you've mentioned Motley Crue I'm afraid and now you have the sword of Damocles <laughs> is dropping you, you, you have to leave alright cheers buddy thanks mate so there we go hilarious absolutely that was funny wasn't it it was I hysterically wet funny. myself yeah I'm saying that we, obviously we just cut from us talking before me and Andrew were talking and they made like seven seconds and then I started talking again. Yeah. That's how these things work, isn't it, Renfrey? Yeah, it's all fake. Yeah, it's all lies, a load of bullshit. I wasn't really getting him in. We just cut to the thing. So, uh, <laughs> but there you go. Uh, thanks very much to Andrew for coming on and thank you very much for listening. Renfrey, thank you for spending your hard-earned time with me. You're very welcome, mate. It's been and an absolute pleasure, been as a, always. Been all right, isn't it? So there you go. So next week, uh, I think we're going to be um, talking about new albums from everyone from... Paul Weller to Thrice to Sleaford Mods to Alkaline Trio. So diversity. Yeah, well, yeah, if, yeah, if we what? can get if we can get all just those records. Me, <laughs> yeah, just call me Ashley Banjo. Yeah, if we get, I, we've got a few of them already. So um, yeah, all right. Well, that's what we're hopefully going to be doing. Um, we'll also hopefully be doing. Ah, uh, save that. Yeah, let's save it. Let's save it because we don't know yet. <laughs> got a bloody good idea but um, <laughs> I think I know what might happen but anyway uh, go to musicism.net put in Riot in capital letters to get 25% off all of the courses to make you a better singer a better songwriter a better guitarist a better producer and uh, we will see you next week Ta-ta. cheerio